picture cast i'm your caretaker kieran b i've completed my goal of watching every oscar best picture winner ever and decided to start a podcast to review each one each episode myself and revolving co-hosts will discuss assess and evaluate a different best picture winner with the goal to establish a ranking for the entire list this is not however what we are doing here today no, no, no. Today we are discussing the winner, the champion of the third Horror Fest, the Best Picture Cast Horror Fest social media tournament, Twitter, Instagram, all of that, our most successful tournament to date. And we are talking about a movie that not only won decisively, is a movie that appeared on my personal top 10 list of all time here. So this is, this is good stuff for me, and I know it's good stuff for the man who has won his first Best Picture Cast tournament, and he is the incomparable Chris G. Kieran, you've always been the host. You're the host. I ought to know, because <laughs> I've always been here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, you have, since the, uh, the third ever episode, Rain Man, which uh, was not a Jack Nicholson movie. It was a Tom Cruise movie, but I believe Tom Cruise uh, narrated the... The making of, believe it or not. Did he? Oh, okay. I've never, I've not heard that. Yeah, but um, how you doing, Chris? How does it feel to be champ? It's awesome, man. I'm, I'm super psyched. I'm really glad this one was the one I won with. And honestly, I'm a bit embarrassed that it wasn't in my top ten because after rewatching it more than a few times recently, <laughs> it's fucking amazing. And I, I really, it should have been in my top ten. So uh, good on you for choosing it. And I'm really psyched. To have won and yeah, and and I gotta say it's it's kind of a fun thing is we had one of our stipulations for things you had to draft is you had to pick a movie from the first tournament and this was you were one of the people that actually select a movie that you had in your first tournament. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I mean, I had to. I mean, Grant picked Scream, which I knew was probably going to go number one. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it was the next. I mean, 
I think it's, it's the a no be- brainer. I think it's pick. the best movie that was available, uh, and I was lucky enough to get it. Yeah, the second just, pick of the draft. Just great that you got to, uh, you know, you had a chance to win in the first one, and here yeah. you are with it here. And I'm, I think we're better served doing the episode now yeah. than we were back then. Agreed. Halloween was a good one to start. It with. did. It did so much better this time around. I think we just have more, it cruised. We have more people following us and voting and I think more maybe some more sophisticated listeners so sure. uh yeah. we had 20 votes a pool that first tournament yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean okay and we have he's crawling out of the bathtub before his introduction here uh <laughs> I have with us as well uh not the winner this year not the finalist this year but uh the winner of last year's tournament he picked Poltergeist last year he is a confirmed ghost story and horror film addict as they say <laughs> Joey R, how bit. you doing Joe Good. Very excited to be here. Congrats to Chris. Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully that's enough of the complaining about the lottery balls each draft. <laughs> well, now I'll actually I'll, now I'll get some uh, a good collection of balls. Listen, know, I have so. the second most balls. I've never picked I, above five. <laughs> you uh, have plenty of balls now, Chris. There they, you they, go. Yeah, no more well, complaints. Well, this yeah. is a great win. Congratulations. It's Thank uh, you. I mean, and Kieran, we, st- we were talking about this movie on Cuckoo's Nest episode, episode two. You know, this, yeah. has, been, this has been circling the BPC realm since... Essentially, day one. So, it's a very fitting win. It was a dominant win. Yeah, we really. It, it, I had there was a, a moment where her, Hereditary was creeping up, and I was like, I texted Kieran, yeah. I was like, I will burn down Twitter if this fucking movie beats The Shining. That's for like four hours. Yeah, yeah. Then it pulled away, and I really had no issue, even with Scream. It just yeah. it kind of blew right. I past thought Scream it. was going to be its only like competition. Me too. Yeah. And. Whew. Well, an alien. T- I mean, I, I, I well, yeah. Well, yeah, those, my, were the, those were the big three. Yeah, there was yeah. the big three. It was a it was a, a WrestleMania ten style yeah. battle here, where you had the the two Scream had to go up against two opponents, and you know my my uh, alien was was the Lex Luger in the mix. I got the shot at him first and didn't make it happen. And your uh, shining was Bret Hart taking out the uh, Yokozuna scream yeah. in the for the for the championship. <laughs> this there, is also so. like this is a, a unique movie in that it is a horror movie, but it's also probably one of uh, I, I would say the best made horror movie ever you know as far as like from an artistic standpoint so it has the film twitter crowd loves it the horror crowd loves it, it kind of it, it hits a, it checks a lot of boxes yeah horror movies are such that you know there's so many genres and subgenres in horror that there's so much of not everything's for everybody everybody loves the shine right it's you know, I think there's very few movies where if somebody says, oh, I don't like that. Like, most of the time, if people don't like it, I don't care. Good for mm-hmm. you. Like, movies aren't made for everybody. If you don't like The Shining, you didn't pay attention. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll go, we'll get into it. But, I mean, it, when it came out, it was not well. Razzies. So. It got crushed. Yeah. 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 Which yeah. is absurd. I, you know, I mean, I think, you know, we did say this in just in talking about the draft and tournaments. There are some people who were just a little adverse to the, sh- the horror genre as a whole. Yeah, they just don't want, like, and, they don't want to be scared. Like, that's, that's yeah, not what they're looking and, for. And, you know, I think the people who don't like The Shining are probably falling into that people, faction. Yeah, what, they yeah, don't yeah. like horror movies. It's a, it, is a, it is a mean movie. It's a nasty yeah. movie. It's, it's a, a hard movie, movie to take. Yeah, so I can see how someone who's really just looking for kind of Hallmark movies or, or Disney movies, they're not going to take to The Shining. But If you're a horror movie fan. And if you're a f- true film lover, I mean, there has to be elements of The Shining that you appreciate it's just kind of well, how it goes the funny thing is why watch so i was watching it obviously for this pod and uh my wife comes in the room it's like there's like 25 minutes left in the movie and she's kind of rolling her eyes like oh, can you finish this thing already and then like five minutes later she goes i can't believe you sucked me into this fucking thing again like she was so into it like she was yeah. just she's seen it before but she's just like it's it, you cannot help but be sucked into this movie at any part it doesn't matter where you start where you jump into it it just sucks you in you know there's something about it that's different than like a lot of other movies in that way 
Yeah, so I, I guess this is a, a good time to ask this question then. Chris, what is your first experience with The Shining as the person who picked it for this tournament? That's kind of a complicated question in that I don't I don't remember the precise moment I saw it. I think it was just, it's been in my life for so long. I remember it, it was definitely a, a my dad and I movie. We rented a lot of horror movies, you know, you know, went to the local video store and we, I mean, we saw a lot of bad horror movies, but this is definitely was in the mix. And then it was on TV a lot, you know, growing up and in, even into my 20s. It was definitely just around. It was in, it was edited a lot for TV. Mm. Uh, if you, I don't know if you guys remember that. Oh, yeah. So it was just, I, <laughs> yes. It was just around all the time. Like it, it had a second and third and fourth life, I think, after it came out. Yeah. Uh, so I don't remember a specific moment where I, I, hey, this is the time I saw The Shining. You know, it's just always been around. It's always been there. It's always <laughs> been there. Joe, how about you? Pretty similar. It was always kind of there. You know, the Simpsons did the shinning, the treehouse yeah, horror. Yeah, right. Like it was just always something that was there. And I'd always seen parts of it a lot on TV, yeah. a lot with my dad. And then at some point in high school, I remember renting it from Blockbuster and seeing it from the beginning to end. And I was obsessed. I yeah. watched, um, I watched Clockwork Orange the next night. Because I was like, "Oh, this is this is something." Yeah. I, I remember as being a teenager, and and at some point, I I, I got it in my head that like liking Clockwork Orange is like a, a cool alternative thing to do. So like I did that, and then and The Shining was a part of that because that's also Kubrick. Like liking Kubrick was cool when I was like a teenager for some weird reason. I mean, <laughs> he's great; it's amazing. But like, it was like this cool thing that not everybody was into. It was like an alternative thing, you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and it's always been in our lives. Like, just in the classic, like, the Here's Johnny's and yep. all these things that have just been in our lives forever. Right. Even know? if you don't know what it is, you know what Here's Johnny is. Right. You know Jack's face through the wooden yeah. door. Like, yeah. that's a Little pigs know that. let me in. Oh, there's all, all these like, moments of the movie. All that, work, no play. Right. Like, yeah. that whole thing. They're just in our lives. They're just in the, the lexicon. Right. Yeah. Now, I think, Joey, like you... The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror is probably like my first introduction to that because it's just like, you know, middle school, you're Perfect. doing that. Yeah. Groundskeeper Willie as, as Jack there. The, the All work and no play, uh, make Homer go crazy. Right. All right. Well, yeah, no, that's right. Uh, Groundskeeper Willie was more the scat man. He was role. scat man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> for me, I, I distinctly remember my first experience with the movie The Shining. I, I watched it. I believe I was like a junior in high school. Okay. And was like, ah, I'm, you know, here we go. I'm watching The Shining. And, and, just remember being completely blown away with how crazy it was and just how out there and what a movie can do. Right. You know, and right. it kind of opened my mind up to film and to what a director can can do and the boundaries he can push. I remember just the, the scene with the bear in the room. I'm like, what the fuck is going on in this movie? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm 42 years old and I've seen it a million times and I, I watched it again. I was like, what the fuck is that, dude? What's going on in Literally, the Literally, like, both times I watched it for this, I've seen this movie at least twice a year for yeah. my entire life since I was 16. And I'm like, what the fuck? What is yeah. that? Yeah, exactly. Um, Kieran, did you read the book before? Okay, no, no. Okay. Uh, so now we're, I mean, we're we're not going to be able to do this without discussing discussing the well, book. Well, and, you're such a big King and I'm fan. A big, like, I'm a big Stephen King Kieran guy. Kieran has so. promised to limit the book talk. Yes, or yeah. at least kind of condense it yeah. into Streamline. a specific spot. But no, I, I read I read The Shining many years, uh, many years. Oh, so after. separated. Okay, yeah, years yeah. after. And and I've always said, I think I said this on my top ten episode. I kind of I view the the, the Shining. The book and The Shining, the movie, as two separate entities. Mm -hmm. I, I really do, and I, I can appreciate both for what they are. I, I would imagine it's harder to do that if you read the book first, because it's you have an idea what it is, and then the movie deviates, where in seeing the movie first, that's what you know is The Shining, and then you read the book, it's like, oh, this is where that came from. 
So I think it's a little easier to do it that way. But you know, that I mean, that being said, I I really appreciate the books. One of my favorite books, and it's one of my favorite movies. And I'm I'm you know I can let the two exist separately. I love that so much. You can. Uh, the author has a harder Stevie, time with that. Stevie King has yeah. a little bit of an issue. Yeah. yeah. And I should just shout out that this has kind of been our Stephen King crew a little bit here. We've yeah. done uh, we've done the Shawshank Redemption Stand together. By Stand by me. And this Thanksgiving, as we announced on our kind of our, our, our horror fest recap, we're gonna be doing misery. Oh, I'm so excited yeah. for that. Which was also one of my horror picks it was. at some yeah. point. It was, was it did not one. do as well as I had hoped. It tied Dream Warrior, and but crushed Dream Warrior, and then lost the next round. Yeah, yeah. and tying bummer. tying Dream Warriors is not good. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if Misery has had the uh, the legacy that that The Shining has. Like it didn't live on as much. No, it, it has the Oscar. It's the lone the yeah. lone Stephen King movie to win an Oscar. So it has that going for it. Right. But yeah, but The Shining is something that's in you know. It just it's just built. Even even recently, I've noticed in the last like a year or two, there's that. Um, that clip of Nicholson getting ready for yes. the, mm. uh, the the axe bathroom scene, and it's become like it's gone viral. Like I mean, even in twenty twenty two, it's it's it has another life. It's it's really grown. It's it's it won't die. This, yeah, this thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things where misery is one of those movies that you have to, at this point at least, you have to go out and find. The Shining kind of finds you. You know, yeah. it's that it has that legacy to it. Where there you, is, and there's also a lot of like. I wouldn't say comedy, but do you guys find yourselves laughing a lot Absolutely. in this movie? Hundred percent. Absolutely. Like, there's something really hysterical in like a devious yes. way. However, many times I've seen this movie, I never get through it without laughing out loud. Yeah, Me too. Like, yeah. exactly. And it's not because it's funny necessarily. I, no. I, do you? I don't. Yes. I can't quite pinpoint why but I laugh. There was literally a point. Me and my wife were hysterical laughing, and she was like, "Is this just because we're both delirious?" I was like, "No." I was like, yeah, every time no. I've watched this movie, this is what happens. It's because there's something about... It's Nicholson specific. It's Nicholson's yes, performance. It's all, yeah. yeah, it's his performance. There's something... It's so insane yeah. that it's just... It's so much fun, man. Like, yeah. I just love... I, I get, It makes me giddy. You're in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. For sure. Since I'm the type of person who likes to know who's paying for my drinks, <laughs> I want to see what you guys are drinking here today. Let's uh, start with you, Joe. What you, would you bring along? You know, I botched the beer situation today. I have a Stella Tallboy. All right. You know, I like when I you botched. just, I like when you have your random Tallboy nights where you're just like, hey, you know what? I'm stopping at the gas station. It's, it's Tallboy up. It's seven. I, this, I chose the wrong 7-Eleven on the way. Had a terrible, terrible selection. I just did not have the time today to actually <laughs> do something appropriate. All right. Hey, well, Stella Artois it is. So, Chris. Kieran, you set them up and I'll knock them back. One by one. White man's burden, Chris. And I am drinking the <laughs> white man's burden. I'm drinking some nice bourbon. Nice. And with a little bit of apricot juice. Wow. With some ice. Right now, I'm not going to continue that yes. or I'll turn it to RDB very quickly. Uh, <laughs> shots fired. Uh, but after that, I will be drinking Stone IPA, oh. uh, which is a nice little demon on the, on the can. And I um, thought it was appropriate. It's also just yeah. one of the best IPAs. Right? Yeah, I, I did try to find a Colorado beer. Oddly hard to find right now, in the grocery store at least. I tried to do the same. And even our, our distributor here just didn't didn't really? have anything I could. I mean, I, I looked as long as hard as I really I mean, was going to. But There are about 10 billion breweries in, in Colorado. So it just maybe we just don't have them as many. <laughs> we don't have access to them here. Yeah. And so I, I do have a bit of a, a connection into the mix here, though. Uh, I was re-listening to our, our Halloween episode, our first uh, honorary Horror Fest winner. And both... You, Chris, and you, Joey, kind of pronounce your hatred for 
pumpkin beers. Yeah, yes, vile. Despise them as an adult male. Me and Grant, uh, vile both, liquid. Yeah. both brought them in, so it was kind of split. But now Grant was supposed to be here today. He wasn't feeling well. Can't make it. So I have to be the lone pumpkin guy here in this, the mix. Which it's all is, good. Uh, hey, now. I would have drank water instead if I didn't well, give time. Five months on the wagon, you get a little, uh, <laughs> going a little crazy. I was going to say, Kieran, Kieran told me, God, I'd do anything for a drink. <laughs> I'd sell even, my soul for a even, glass of beer. Even pumpkin beer. Even pumpkin beer. <laughs> yeah. So, I, so as I couldn't find something from Colorado, I got something from the Pacific Northwest where this movie was at least partially filmed. The, the exterior to right. the Overlook right. is in Oregon, I believe. Oregon. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So... I have something from Seattle, Washington, for our friends, the freezers out there. And Adam tweeted out today, he, this is a, a year ago today, he was out here and we went to the Great South Bay Breweries. It was a year later. Yep. Oh, wow, that was a year ago. That was a year ago. Was exactly yeah. a year, yeah. a year to the day. It's a great day. So I have something from the Elysian Brewery. They have uh, their pumpkin pack. And it also ties in because Adam had his first ever pumpkin beer when he visited us here on Long Island there. So it's a little uh, double tie in there. Uh, how many times did he puke? Uh, mm, well, I don't know. I can't <laughs> That's undocumented. <laughs> but they have uh, four here, and they're, you know, the highest ones are, are at the high RDBV level, and then it goes down as it goes. So I'll probably go in descending fashion here, but it, they have the, the Night Owl, the Great Pumpkin, the Dark O' the Moon, and the Punkachino. Nice. So it looks like I'm ending with like a nice coffee beer. I love so. Elysian. I, I'm a big it's fan great of Space great Dust. Brewery. It's a good IPA. Yep. Yep. Yeah, great brewery. Yep. I'll never try their pumpkin. <laughs> yeah, nor will I. Any other real thoughts we want to get out there before we do the official the official deep dive here? I mean, the thoughts are the thoughts. There's I mean, a lot to cover. Yeah, here. I there's mean, there's a lot is, to go over. This isn't a light one. Yeah, I think when I envisioned doing a Shining episode, it was going to be one of those that I prepared six months for. They reread the book, did all this research, and it wins a tournament here, and it's our quickest turnover we've ever had. So it's like, oh boy, this is yeah. a run and gun, shotgun Shining here. And it's probably one of the movies that's the most layered, and and I mean, it's Kubrick, so it's really... It demands a lot of attention. We'll we'll do our best. But everything gonna, matters. We're not going to hit everything, you know. So if we miss something, obviously you could probably reach out to us on socials and let us know what we missed, right? Yeah, and I think one of the things we said we're going to do here with this one is when it comes to theories and themes and that type of stuff, we're going to pack that into a nice little section at the end of the initial conversation. And we're not so, going to get into all the craziness because there's a lot of. There's a lot of kooky, shining people. Yeah, you know the room two thirty seven stuff. I guess right. we'll we'll address all that at kind Same of the setting, end yeah. of the conversation. Not all of yeah. that, but some of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that's a separate entity. But we'll, I yeah. guess we'll we'll get there with that. So, gentlemen, are we ready to take the ride up the sidewinder along the mountains, along the scenic, uh, the scenic roads of of Colorado into the the Great Overlook? Karen, I'm in the snowcat. I'm ready to go. All right, so Joey, you're up there in the uh, helicopter drone following me along. Can't wait. Ready to go. (laughs) I love this. Okay, here we go. The year, gentlemen, we can't avoid the 80s in these. However, we are checking off another box. We have not done, this is one of the few years of the 80s we have not covered, and it's, at least in the honorary episodes, 1980. 1980 is The Shining. I was zero to one years old. There you go. The WWF champion in 1980 was, indeed... Bob Backlund, and we mentioned in our Halloween episode, Backlund held the title from 1978 to 1983 for a total of 1,470 days. He was the man on top. However, in the months leading up to 1980, Backlund actually dropped the title in Tokyo to Japanese star Antonio Inoki. 
Oh, rest in peace. He yes, just passed away. Yes, at the at the uh, the Tukon series, Anoki immediately vacated the title after the match due to outside interference. On December 17th, 1979, Backlund defeated Bobby Duncan in a Texas death match at Madison Square Garden to reclaim the vacated title. Chris, have you been in any Texas death matches recently? You know, I try to avoid them at all costs. <laughs> I try to avoid Texas at all costs, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't you don't know how, how many Madison Square Garden has seen since then, but this was a Texas death match indeed, and it was Backlund reclaiming the vacated title. The WWE recognized this as one contiguous title reign for Backlund. Earlier this month, following Inoki's passing, as you just mentioned, Joey, it's crazy how that timed out with this here, uh, the company recognized the brief title reign for the first time on WWE TV, proclaimed him as the first Japanese wrestler to hold the WWE title. Good job, H. And you know what, Joey? We don't really, it's not often that you get to talk about Japanese wrestling here. So you have a, a, a brief moment. Is there anything you want to say? You want to <laughs> shout out? I mean, you know, it's a rarity. Well, yeah, I want to be honest. I don't know that I could be brief. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you just lost the opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for it. But, you know, Antonio Inoki, if you like wrestling, go watch um, Hogan versus Inoki. It's very yeah. easy to find, it's really fun to watch. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like I didn't recognize the name, but when I saw a picture of him, I'm like, oh, I know. Who you know exactly yeah. who he was, yeah. especially from yeah. WCW stuff. Like he was, yeah. he's very relevant. Yeah. So, R.I.P. There. The 1980 Stanley Cup Finals saw making bitch. their franchise's first appearance in the Stanley Cup Finals. Wait for it, Chris. God damn you, the, the New, New York Islanders, York Islanders baby. Yeah. I. Always call you out on not tell, giving the Stanley Cup winner because it's usually it was usually my team in those early years, mm. the Montreal Canadiens. But goddamn, I knew you would. That's I knew right. you were going to give the Islanders love. Well, you seem to continue to have issues understanding that it's it's the non best picture winners we do the Stanley Cup and the other ones it's the the World Series. So, but I, I don't. Yes. I, it's not that I don't understand it. I don't agree with it. I like it. <laughs> right. I got it. Okay. So, New York Islanders defeated. The intolerable Philadelphia Flyers, <laughs> winning, winning the series four games to two. I'm very low on Philly these days. They just knocked my Braves out of the... Uh, yeah, that uh, was tough. I know we have some Cardinal fans listening. They, they got ousted by the by the Phillies as well. Um, at the time of this recording, it's game one of the NLCS. So go Padres, please. Knock those Phillies right out of here. If there's any Philly fans listening, we love you. We hate your team. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. The... <laughs> The Islanders defeated those Flyers. They won the series in six games, four games to two. They celebrated in front of the home crowd at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum uh, in do. Uniondale, Long Island. I do, I do love the barn, man. I do I miss the barn. Special place in, in my heart Me for too. the barn. Still stands. Still stands. The Islanders are not playing there where they have a new the uh, USB, UBS? UBS. 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 And it's beautiful. It's awesome. I mean, it's it's a real arena, but I mean... Yeah, that's over there the in uh, Belmont Floral the, Park area. Yeah. It's losing the character of the barn hurts. Yeah. But it, just, uh, it just had a lot of good memories there. I think Kieran did too. And, yeah, and they, and oh, they yeah. renovated it. Yeah, they I don't just, know why. They don't, they they renovated, it didn't any look any there. better. But it's still there. Yeah, it's still, still there. there. Doing its thing. Yeah, listen, indoor lacrosse. Right. Still there active. The Islanders were coached by the legendary Al Arbor, captained by defenseman Dennis Potvin, and the series MVP was Chris Inneguesses. Oh boy, uh, Bobby Nystrom, mm, Brian Trottier, okay. Brian Trottier. But 
Good guess. In their path to the finals, the Isles defeated the LA Kings, the Boston Bruins, the Buffalo Sabres, respectively. This Stanley Cup win would be the Islanders' Uh-oh. first of four, four in a row. That's yep. right. Four in a row for the Islanders. And then never again. <sighs> we gotta get four back. in a row. <laughs> we got to get back to that to that time. Yeah. That was... Yeah. I thought they were getting there for a minute there, and then the things are sliding backwards. Hell of a party, isn't it? Uh, yes. So, world leader time. Here we go. See how uh, how much I've progressed here. And I had a hard time listening to the to me do this on the Halloween. Is this episode. Gorbachev era? Cringy. Uh, here we go. Okay. Uh, I don't have. I, I I left Russia out of this. this oh, okay. one just for I like that. Whatever purposes. Yep. Okay. The president of France. Here we go. Valérie René Marie Georges Gicard Deng De Destang. Oh my god. Valerie Rene Marie Georges Jacquard <laughs> d'Estang. I don't, S's, you probably don't pronounce S's in France, right? So Jesus that's going to be a. Christ. I just love that you do this to yourself. I love it too. It makes it's me so, so happy. Phenomenal. That was one of the worst ones I've ever heard. Yeah, well, the guy's got seven names. Yeah, what it's, the? Bu- it's bullshit. Yeah, totally. D'Estang. De it's just arrogant. I don't know. That last one's tough. Okay. President of Italy, Alessandro Sandro Pettini. Ooh, that was beautiful. Thank you. Gorlami. <laughs> Leader of China. Deng Xiaoping. Probably pronounced that wrong. Sounds fine. That's no, good. I put some sort of European accent on that that probably is inappropriate. <laughs> President of India. You don't have to do India here in honor of your uh, family, Chris. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> oh, boy. President of India. Nilam Sanjeeva Reddy. Oh, boy. I know you butchered that. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know no. what the real pronunciation is, but I know that ain't it. No. Prime Minister of Spain. Adolfo Suarez Gonzalez and the Prime Minister of Japan, Masayoshi Ohira. Ohira. That's Masayoshi. Not bad. Yeah. Really excited. Outside that. the French one. You did a good job. Thank you. Well, the Indian one was probably not great. Yeah, either. it's not. I, 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 I know enough <laughs> to know that. So Chris listened to the uh, the Slumdog episode, and he's like, that's oh. not how you say that name. Oh, my God. A.R. Rahman. I don't know what you... A.R. Rahman. You call it Rahman. Yeah, it was, it was brutal. It was real uh, rough. I'm trying, people. I'm, I'm trying to grow here. CMA Awards. So now a little preamble here for this one that I know my co-hosts always love to hear because yeah, I'm the only Jesus. one who gives a shit in this category. So, I would like to make a little bit of a retraction here. In our first Horror Fest honorary episode on Halloween, we did we did the title of the song and, and the whole brief guess the name type deal. And I kind of, I like, mocked the song a bit. And I said, you know, I don't know how this won because it beat Mama's Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can take this job and shove it to yeah. country classics. Big bangers, yeah. So, the song was, and I also mispronounced the song title name to keep with the mispronunciations. So the song is Don't It Make My Brown Eyes Blue is the name of the song. So Don't It Make My Brown Eyes Blue. Mm-hmm. After The Shining won, coincidentally enough, Chris, right as it ran out and you guys were all congratulating you, on the radio came the song Don't It Make My Brown Eyes Blue. Whoa. Which I had never heard before. I just blindly mocked it back then. As we do. And I want to say that the song... Like almost reduced me to tears. It is a really? wonderful, wonderful song. It is a, it is a <laughs> okay outstanding song. It's wow. not really even a country song. It's really just kind of a. It's almost like a jazzy, bluesy ballad kind okay. of deal. Okay. But please go out and check that out. Well, that was I, I think that was the hotel 
speaking to you. From- oh, it was cr- well, yeah, it was like I was like, all right, you get it right this year. We get we got it right with the Shining this year. You get it right with the song, uh, and the artist is is uh, Crystal Gale. So Crystal Gale, don't it make my brown eyes blue? Check the song out. Even if you don't like country, it's not really country songs. It's more of a slow, sad love ballad. Oh, it's nice. Kind of one of those All right. I want great, to see great, if it gives me the feels. Real vibey. Oh, would real Ar- vibey. Would Artie definitely cry? Mm. Artie, Artie hates anything associated with country music. So he's but gonna, he cries at the drop of a hat. Yeah, but not to not to songs. He's Mo- he's, like he's a hater. TV yeah, it needs to be like Mastodon for him to like it. Yeah, so. <laughs> um, yeah. Japanese thrash metal. Yeah, Japanese thrash metal. There you go. He he does love the German stuff too. He loves. Uh, 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 What's the one yeah, he likes? Um, Callboy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Psychedelic Callboy or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. So CMA Awards this year, I'll say to the album of the year was the soundtrack to Coal Miner's Daughter. We also recently lost Loretta Lynn this month mm-hmm. too. So just want to shout that out. But the CMA single end record of the year. Here's the name of the title. You guys are going to tell me if you can guess what the song is about. Okay. The title is, now this is a little, little tricky. Seems easy at first, but it's a little tricky to think about it. The name of the song is He Stopped Loving Her Today. It's performed by George Jones and written by Bobby Braddock and Curly Putman. Great country name there, Curly Putman. He Stopped Loving Her Today. Who would like to go first here? Any guesses? I think, uh, what, he must have cheated on her, cheated on him, right? And he stopped, the, the love just... You know, he found out she cheated and the love And stopped loving her after the cheat. Okay, so Chris yeah. is going the uh, adultery route or the cheating route. Joey, what do you think? That's what I was thinking, but then you said it wasn't as obvious. So I'm trying to hmm. think where else it could go, but it just seems so obvious that it's just cheating. Like, I can't even... So you're doubling else, down? Yeah, anything else is just, you know... Okay, we're doubling down here. All right, so he stopped loving her today. So essentially what's going on here is, is, is that this... Uh, this guy basically he either broke up with her or 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 she broke up with him or they were just no longer were seeing each other and he couldn't get over it and he stopped loving her today oh because today was the day that he passed away so oh. he loved her till he till he died so here's oh. the lyrics here I guess I can make sense. He said, I love you till I die. She told him, you'll forget in time. As the years went slowly by, she still preyed upon his mind. He kept her picture on his wall. He went half crazy now and then, but he still loved her through it all, hoping she'd come back again. Kept some letters by his bed, dated 1962. He had underlined and read every single I love you. I went to see him just today. Oh, but didn't see no tears, all dressed up to go away. First time I'd seen him smile in years. And we have the, he stopped loving her today. They placed a wreath upon his door and they'll soon carry him away. He stopped loving her today. What a creep. I know, I knew Joey was going uh, <laughs> to. What a fucking I didn't go creep. if you were going to call him a cuck, a simp, or a creep. But I knew you were going to go what after this poor guy a little bit. Poor guy. So it's eighteen years. He just put his life aside, hoping that she would. He's a desperate clown. Was this was this written about The Shining? What a fucking loser. Was this, written, was, this was this just Jack? Uh, he he, he, he stopped loving her when he froze to death in the uh, maze. Oh, for eighteen years I pined over you and stood outside your window because I'm a fucking loser. Oh man, it's amazing. I just I, as I'm driving here, I'm like, oh, Joey's gonna bury this guy. He's gonna bury this guy. I am. So I want to make a quick thing right now. Right now. Recording this, we have tied that this is our now tied for highest pairing 
for episodes. Wow. Okay. So I thought it already was. It's been, it was number two. It was tied for number two. With? So it's been tied. Sorry. It's been tied for number two with just me and Grant. Mm-hmm. And oh, me, so me, you, and Grant? Me, you, and Grant. Yeah. Okay. And now it has taken and tied number one with me, Grant, Artie, and Kieran. Wow. Yeah. So this, right. this, three, nice. this threesome is... Is the top dog. So lest anybody think that I'm not on a lot of these podcasts. Yes. Uh, you want to know how many you've been on? Not really. <laughs> Tell them. So at the 100, you're on 27. Times how many hours? And now this will be... Five um, hours each? I mean, do you want to know the answer? No, I don't. <laughs> I really don't. I don't know how much... I, I don't want to know how much of my life I've spent. I can tell you guys. <laughs> no, thank you. Well, it will go on. Uh, it will go on and on, Chris. But Chris, we're, I mean, we're record breakers here. Nice. There'll be the, the the these. This podcast serves as your as your picture on the wall of the Fourth of July ball from nineteen twenty one. That's just you <laughs> yeah. front and center. I do, I do remember Kieran when inviting me to the first podcast. He's like, "Can you come and play with me forever and ever <laughs> and ever and, and ever, ever and ever?" We're oddly British. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, one nip picked out. Yeah, right. Save it for the nip pick. <laughs> really stuck Save in. it for you the nitpick zone. You snuck okay. it in. The Shining. It's directed by Stanley Kubrick. Screenplay written by Stanley Kubrick and Diane Johnson. Based on a novel by the great Stephen King. Music by Wendy Carlos and Rachel Elkind. Cinematography by John Alcott, who won an Oscar for his work on Stanley Kubrick's Barry Lyndon. Film editing by Ray Lovejoy, who edited 2001 A Space Odyssey, also was nominated for an Oscar for Aliens, the James Cameron. Art direction, amazing, amazing art direction, I must say. Absolutely. By Leslie Tompkins, who was nominated for art direction in Yentl. So, The Shining, it is starring Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, Danny Lloyd, and Scatman Crothers, nominated for exactly zero Oscars. Disgusting. But how many Razzies? Well, Talk about atrocious. Disgusting. It's, okay. It, uh, un- Jumping the gun here. It's unfathomable. It was unfathomable. nominated for and won. An Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Award for Best Supporting Actor, Scatman Crothers. I mean, I, I, I will. Mean, come on, took home some hardware. I mean, great, good for him. But <laughs> Scatman <laughs> deserves all the love in the world. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I'm not trying to shit on him, but come on. <laughs> it uh, was also nominated for, but did not win, Film Director and Music. Again, that's at the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Awards. Here we go, Joe. Nominated for two. Razzie Awards at the first, the inaugural Razzie Awards show. It's ridiculous, dude. Yes. And if uh, you don't know or haven't heard this stat before, it was nominated for Worst Actress, Shelley Duvall, and Worst Director, Stanley Kubrick. (laughs) I mean, how do you justify that? It's fucking laughable. I mean, I mean, I don't think that you can feasibly pick any Stanley Kubrick movie and put it in any year. And have it be up for worst director Razzie. I mean, it's, I mean, it's absurd. It's it's probably the coldest take in in entertainment history. Well, Shelley Duvall's nomination w- has since been rescinded by the Razzies committee this past this yeah, this current that. year in twenty twenty two. 
Uh, the Razzie's official statement said, we have since discovered that Duvall's performance was impacted by Stanley Kubrick's treatment of her throughout the production. So they have uh, erased that nomination from uh, the history books. I guess there's history books that go to the Razzie's, even so, though it's like somebody's But basement. they kept Kubrick. Didn't rescind oh, his... Oh, they kept Kubrick. And... That's ridiculous. They doubled down. I have a statement from the okay. Razzie's okay. on this one. We ready? We're about to respect the Razzie's less? Uh, yeah. Or unless you agree with them. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. They try to like pull Stevie King down with them too. In a feature interview with New York Magazine's Vulture, Razzie's co-founders, John J.B. Wilson and Maureen Murphy, revealed that they don't care for how Stanley Kubrick adapted Stephen King's The Shining. And while The Shining was snubbed at the Oscars, the critically acclaimed horror film did get plenty of attention by the Razzie Academy voters. And here's a quote from the, the, the Razzie people here. This is their quote. The voting membership the very first year were largely people that Maureen and I worked with at a trailer company. <laughs> Possibly a trailer park, uh, Wilson said. <laughs> a group of us who had read Stephen King's novel went to see The Shining the night it opened at the Chinese, and we didn't care for what Kubrick had done with the novel. The novel was far more visually astounding, far more terrifying, far more compelling, and we couldn't understand why you would buy a novel that had all of that visual opportunity in it and then not do the topiary thing, not do the snakes in the carpet, not do the kids' visions. If you're going to say it's The Shining... You have to have certain key things that there were not. Wilson also added, and as I understand it, Kubrick was the one who decided what they cut out from the novel, so I don't feel that badly about Stanley Kubrick. Murphy agreed. Exactly. I think the guy's overrated. He did one good movie, and that was about it. What one are they... Wait. What one of his masterpieces are they saying is... The interviewer didn't bother asking because his interviewer was wanting to punch them. Why would you? Yeah, holy! I would imagine two thousand one is probably what she's referring to, but who knows? Who the fuck? Maybe, maybe it's Clockwork. I'm guessing it's probably not Clockwork. It's probably two thousand one. Two thousand one is probably the one. They suck. What a I lame. mean, just listen. Talk about bad takes. I mean, in the in the moment. You're doing something like the Razzies. You're gonna miss on something. This is a big miss. Don't get me wrong. You said Chris, it's one of the coldest takes ever. Yeah, but like. Come on, 40 years later, you're really doubling down right. on this? Like, Even Stephen me. King has softened on this issue. He's softened. I think he's signed a couple of uh, yeah, <laughs> agreements to stop true. talking yeah, about he got, it. Yeah, 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 I think yeah, it was a did. shut the yeah. fuck up softening. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll address that the Stephen King end of it and, and whatnot at some point here. Uh, I mean, I have thoughts as to why I think Stephen King was so taken back with it a little bit. And yeah, and I, I kind of I get it as well, so we'll talk, get into that yeah. a little bit more. But Okay, The Shining is... Rated an 8.4 on IMDb. That's good to be currently ranked 61 on the IMDb 250, the famous IMDb 250 that we all view as canon around here. <laughs> Fodder. Right. Yes, that was uh, sarcasm. Uh, the highest ranked it ever was on that list was 44 in 2012. Okay. I'm surprised it went down because, like Chris was saying, like it does feel like it has a full another life. I'm yeah. surprised it didn't I go the other way. I think, you know, we're talking 10 IMDb years ago. Sucks. I think it's just a matter of other movies entering okay. the fray. The mix. You know, yeah. 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 So, but just. So, 61, it is just ahead of BPC Notables here American Beauty, which we have an episode on, Aliens, which was selected in last year's Horror Fest, and. Avengers Affinity <laughs> Infinity War, Are you which. Are kidding me? I've complained. <laughs> You gotta be kidding me! Why is it even on the fucking list? It's just ahead of that, though. Don't worry. Chris. What's it behind? It. 
It is just behind Django Unchained, which was on RDB's top 10 list. Wally, which was a selection in our animation tournament. Sunset Boulevard, which we talked about plenty in the artist Artist. episode. And Paths of Glory, which is another Kubrick film. Have either of you guys seen Paths of Glory? Um, I bought it. Because you recommended it a couple weeks I ago. I watched it for the first time this month. Yeah. You recommended I watched wow. it the next night. Yeah? Liked it? Holy wow. shit, Chris. Yeah. You, you watch it? Yeah, you recommended it. And yeah. that was my last Kubrick. So I was like, you know what? I got to get in on it. That's Holy the, shit. That's the last one you haven't seen? Yep. Oh, Chris, it's great. Chris. Really? And unlike, Chris, you would fucking love it. And unlike I'm not his, into every Kubrick Chris, movie, you would love this. Unlike his other ones? Quick runtime. Yes, I think it's ninety minutes. I really? think it's, I think it's actually less than ninety minutes. Okay. No, it, it's like eighty-two yeah. minutes or something. Cool. Yeah, World War One flick. Oh, awesome. I don't. Th- right. I don't think I blinked the entire movie. I was in yeah. from the first. You would. Cool. Yeah. All right. Definitely. Check it out. Yeah. So, uh, Paths of Glory. There you go. It was inducted into the National Film Registry in two thousand eighteen. Nineteen million dollar budget grossed. Forty-five point six million worldwide. So it wasn't so. it? It wasn't a bomb. It wasn't I mean, a total it, dud. Made made its money. I mean, it made money and then some. Yeah. 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 Where do we start with this thing? I mean, this is. I don't know. Where do yeah. we start? I mean, let's just start with the yeah, unbelievable start with the start. opening scene. Yeah. yeah what, I mean, um, possibly one of the greatest intros to any movie uh, ever. It's got to be considered right. It's unbelievable. It creates such a big, vast world for such a claustrophobic movie. It's excellent, and I can't say enough about it. And. I mean, yeah. not many movies can top it in scale, in payoff. Yeah, when well, that I, first I, note hits. I think Kubrick had a lot of leeway as far as, like, you know, as the money he could spend and what he... I don't think there was a limit to what he could do, so he did it. I mean, he. this is a, a grandiose opening. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's... You know, I mean, one of the dawns of this movie and the ideas of this movie was is that he had just done... Barry Lyndon, which was very slow, very, a critical success. Right, it was it won him some Oscars or won a couple Oscars? Yeah, but it wasn't it really was, well liked. It was you know it was a, a, a slow period yeah. piece, boring kind about of. like an Irish rebel and three plus hours, and it's not going to be a big hit at the box office. Right. So he wanted to take his vision and match it to the box office. So he wanted to go the he horror. Wanted horror. Route. He yeah. wanted horror. Wanted to go the horror route. He gets, I mean, there's the famous uh, the anecdote books. about him throwing the books throwing the against books. the wall, going yeah. through them, and then the, 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 the secretary hears the book stop. And Well, okay, let, let's explain it for the audience who, do, who don't know. He's being given book after book, horror book, to pick a project, and every book he picks after a few pages, he throws it against the wall. And make, the secretary can hear it slam against the wall, and when he, hits, he gets to The Shining, the, the, that stops, right? Yeah, so. yeah, there's a silence, and then he's in, super intrigued by it. And the book starts off straight with the interview. It's just basically how the movie starts, too. He takes this and goes, all right, now this is going to be my vision. I'm going to match, you know, and now we have a, a, a best-selling book, popular horror writer. I believe it's King's third book, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was his third book. And we're going to take my vision and put it out there. It's going to be this big thing. Now, it's interesting. To, like, I heard this and I was like, wow, I guess that's true. Is that this was his, this was his third to last movie. He only did two movies after this. Really? Yeah, Full Metal Jacket and, 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 and Eyes Wide, Wide Shut. Is, well, isn't that wild no, to think right. about? I think the lack sense. of critical success for this movie, he he went into hiding. I think he, the, Full Metal Jacket's like, what, eight years later or something like that? A um, bit. Yeah, and, like, and then I know Eyes that... Eyes Wide Shut is like 97. He, he he really 12, Eyes Wide Shut is 12 years after. Right. He took, he took this movie's 
lack of success very hard, hard, I think. Yeah, and I, I mean, also, everyone who worked on the movie would just can't not bring up how daunting the process was. I mean, this thing filmed yeah. for over a year. You way, know, o- way over the... Uh, uh, way, way over. A lot of time. I mean, 100 takes. Yeah, just, I mean, yeah, yeah. anybody would be fatigued 80, 100 takes. Yeah. And then Full Metal Jacket, such a huge endeavor. And then, you know, everything you read about Eyes Wide Shut, it should have been released later, but he died during the editing. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, his kind of... What do you guys feel about Eyes Wide Shut? I haven't seen it. Wow. So I saw it when it came out, you know, DVD. Okay. So 98 or whatever that yeah. was. I had no idea what the fuck I was watching. So I thought it was the greatest thing ever. Um, I like it. I you know, liked it too. Okay. I, I'm just asking. Because that, that one is pretty polarizing as well. Yeah, I like it a I think, lot. I think that I, his movies are inherently polarizing. Because I think they're they? a lot. If you want they're an easy lot. movie, it's not for you. Don't watch his movies. Right. Yeah, that's I mean, that's coming out when we're you know, we're in middle school. So I mean I think it was I would just I, go I on Showtime little... and just look for the naked scenes, you know. Yeah. And, <laughs> but I watched which, it, which is it's great for that. Right. Yeah, yeah, but zo- I watched zone it in on that I'm, and bounce I'm out. all in on Eyes Wide Shut. I defend yeah, me it. too. I, I really liked it. I was I was a teenager when that came out and I really enjoyed it. But I think his movies are inherently not for everyone. Like, yeah. I just think that's how I think it is. Great. Bunch of them are not for me. I'll be completely honest with you. Yeah, you me know? too. I mean, Clockwork is. I again, that was a movie I wanted to like because I thought it was cool to like it. But like watching it as an adult recently, it was it's a tough hang. Like, yeah, I I'm recently not a, I'm reread not the book that. and rewatched it. I yeah, I'm all in on it. Yeah. I mean, I I, yeah. I get its brilliance, but I just it's a tough hang. It's, sure. It's yeah. Not, oh, it's not an easy. Doesn't make you feel good. You no. know? It's always it's wild to me, and you hear like Tarantino saying next film is going to be my last film. It's like, God, these guys have such a vision and, and such a, a a unique genius within the industry. It's like, why aren't you giving us a little more? And I mean, you know, you could look at the flip side of that. These There's other people who churn out way too much and then eventually just kind of fade That's and true. run out of right. ideas. Well, right. And or you, you want to be the, the guy who burns out. You, you want to go out on top. You also don't know the personal toll this stuff takes, especially yeah. with a Kubrick or something like that. Oh, That's really obsessive. Yeah. You don't know the personal... I mean, uh, uh, he might only have one movie every decade in him. Right. right. Decade plus. I mean, Kubrick right. went and was like isolated living in London after Full Metal Jacket when they did Eyes Wide Shut. Like there's stories about like Tom Cruise having to fly, fly in, take cabs to like go meet him and how crazy and like secretive yeah. it was. Like it's wild stuff. Exactly. Mm. We talked about the number of takes in this one. It's obviously well documented the stress that it took on on both Shelley Duvall and on Scatman Crothers. Yeah. Uh, I believe Yeah, the that next movie he did was... A, a, an Eastwood movie, right? Uh, he did. Do, was is that no, next? And, that, and that's because yeah, Bronco Billy is the Eastwood movie. He does yeah, and he yeah. that Scatman Crothers does that one next because Clint Eastwood is famous for the one take. Yeah, yeah. Like, all right, we're done. We're done here. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. Great. <laughs> Moving yeah. on. Going under budget. <laughs> this movie actually, I don't know if it still is, but at least at one point was in the Guinness Book of World Records for the most takes in one scene. The uh, this, the baseball bat up the stairs scene, and there was yeah. another thing with just the like the literal distance of film filmed. Mm. I I have heard um, from you know interviews with actors that while a lot of actors hate that take after take after take, because like, Fincher does that too. Yeah. Well, there's there's some directors that do it. That there is some that something that comes out of that like that it gets redundant and you get like tired and they, and they, but then all of a sudden there's like a second wave of like, it's like the runner's high that comes. Yeah. So there is something to be said for doing that, but it is, I would say a torturous affair to do so repeatedly something 80 times. It's, it's like a hindsight times. thing because I was listening recently to an interview with someone who was a very secondary character, not even a set, like probably a tertiary character in Zodiac. 
And yeah. he had like one line in one scene that he did 40 times. And he said, he's like, yeah, by the end I wasn't thinking. And it was the best acting I've ever done. He goes, yeah. Mm. But I was throwing up the next day. I felt so awful and I was just so exhausted. Yeah. I had trouble I had trouble getting ready for the next scene. And I was only in six scenes in the whole thing. Right. G- Hall famously hated the experience. Like, yeah, Zodiac has a time. ton of stories like that too. Yeah, yeah. And Fincher's another one. That, he's that very similar. Intense. He's very similar in that way. Yeah. 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 Kubrick's explanation as to why he does it that way, or at least how he expressed it was, is that we're going to spend all this time scouting locations. We're going to spend all this time meticulously building set designs. We're going to spend all this money to secure the information. We're going to spend all this time doing the script. Why are we doing one or two takes? Right. You know, so we did everything up until this point was done so meticulously. And now we're just going to roll a couple takes and that's that. It was, no, I want a hundred options. I want to look at that. And when you hear him say it like that, it's like, oh, okay. Now I think the Eastwood, and, and that's a good explanation on your end too, Joe, where you say like the actor kind of loses himself after a while and really becomes it. And that's kind of what I heard from some of the, the, the shining actors mm-hmm. saying the same thing. I think the Eastwood approach, he's thinking more, I kind of want, the initial thing before you start all the acty stuff, right? You know, just give me it how you how you naturally do it, because you probably thought about it coming into it. And this is the, and then you just did it. If we take three or four or five more takes, now you're 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 putting on a show, you know. So, yeah, but uh, but are, are Eastwood movies famous for like performances? So, I mean, he's got some some wins in there. Uh, Penn in Mystic River. That's uh, Penn. Yeah. Tim Robbins in the same movie won won his award there. All right. Get, uh, Hillary Swank, Million Dollar Baby. You yeah. know, that's a yeah, best okay, actress fair, win. So, fair, I guess. Yeah. I mean, those are around the same era. Uh, his his own mean, acting is a, uh, more of a problem. Honestly, Meryl Streep in Bridges in Madison County, I think, is one of the greatest female performances of all time. I don't think I've ever so, seen that So, oh my goodness, what, yeah. a, what a film. Uh, so, you know, a I, he's, a, he's like a player's coach. You know, he's right. a, you know, I'm sure there's <laughs> right. plenty of horrific, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I'm sure, I know. There's plenty of <laughs> yeah. horrific You know better than anybody. Yeah, I've seen all his, all his directed films. There's plenty of horrific performances, probably from people who were just mailing it in and were taking advantage of the of right. the of the, uh, the scene. Yeah. But, you know, there's something to the actors, especially when you're talking about actors like Meryl Streep and Sean Penn, like yeah. real pros, pros like, you know, multiple time all-stars, you know, they're yeah, going right. to roll in and be able to do what they got to do Kieran, on a given day. I, I, I kind of equated a little bit to like, if anybody's ever been in like the restaurant business, like... There's a difference between a manager that was a bartender or a server and a manager that was just a manager. Like, mm. he's never actually done the job. Like, never been the line. There guy. is a big difference. Yeah, right. Or never worked in a kitchen. You know, they just, mm-hmm. they're, they're the management. Yeah. And there's a, there is a big difference. They, do, they don't understand the plight of, like, yeah. the player, right? Yeah. And, and in this case, Kubrick is, I think, one of those people. He doesn't really. Yeah, you know how tough that job is, and he just is like, do it, fucking do it again, do it again. You yeah. know, it's like, yeah, it gets it gets a certain performance for sure. But uh, so let's let's talk about know, the performances a little bit, and I I think the the best place to start is Jack Nicholson himself. Nicholson coming into this one has already really established himself as one of the A players. We're coming out of the seventies here, and the seventies, yeah. in my opinion, is probably the best decade well, in film. He's coming off of Chinatown and and uh, Cuckoo's and, uh, Nest. Cuckoo's he's got Nest. his win for Cuckoo's Nest. He's got Chinatown, Five Easy Pieces. Um, he's a star. Yeah, and he's one of the biggest stars we have. Yeah, that's yeah, huge. and he's stepping into this role. Has this performance for you guys, or how has this performance changed or evolved in your relationship with this movie? Because this is this is. I mean, often we're talking about movies here that we're watching for the first time or the first time in a long time, and we're basically reacting to what we just saw. We all, and I'm sure many listeners out there, have a bit of a a life relationship with this movie. Yeah, um, Chris, I'll start with you because you kind of 
I mean, you you mentioned a couple things off mic about uh, you know about how much you you laugh a little bit watching him and stuff. Talk to me a little bit about about his performance. I really tried to watch it this time, and 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 was trying to be as critical as I could as like as because I mean he was criticized for overacting, right? I think everybody in the movie was, and. I really tried to see that side of it. Like, is he overacting? Is it too much? No, it's fucking Jack Nicholson doing Jack Nicholson, right? Well, that's like, the other criticism I heard is that he's just he's, he's just, just being Jack. But who, what the hell is wrong with that? Yeah. I mean, that is what, why we love him, you know? And it's not all... It, it's subtle. He he takes things down quietly, and then he builds. He does that... The uh, uh, Kieran, what, you like what I always uh, call it, the... Uh, the, the coil spring, spring yes. mm-hmm. he does, where he starts off slow and then he builds, you know, like yeah. the writing scene. It's just f- incredible. Right. Exactly. Uh, uh, dude, it is. It is. There's something that tickles me about it, too. It is. It, it's a it's terrifying and humorous at the same time. There are scenes that just flat out make me fucking laugh. And it's not because they're funny inherently, but it's him. It's something about him that just it's so devious. The character is so insane. That it makes me, it tickles me. I, it's the only way I can put it, I guess. I think, you know, whatever criticisms there are, because I did the same thing. I was like, you know, in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, I was just, I didn't say a bad thing about him. And I was like, mm. and, you know, I did a Chinatown episode on um, Cinemusts. Yeah. Again, just, he's unbelievable. I've talked about so many movies. I mean, really, except for Terms of Endearment, the guy just throws a hundred always. Right. I'm not going to let you get away with that quick shot there. I, a, it was for you. Academy Award winner in Terms of Endearment. Well deserved. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I don't know how many people could have pulled off this movie. I think other people would have been too subtle and missed the mark or been too over the top and been not believable. The fact that he pulls off reading a playgirl in front of luggage in a packed lobby <laughs> and nobody and everybody's like, oh, let's just show you to the kitchen and not concerned. The fact, you know, oh, yeah, teaching to pay the bills. He does all these things. Then when you get to you know the dull boy scene and the typing scene and all these things, it all builds correctly. Not many people could pull it off. I don't care. Oh, it's Jack. Like, no, it's Jack because nobody else could have done this. Right. Um, Joe, I think you just hit the nail on the head there. It builds correctly. It really yeah. does. And and this time around, I really took notice of the subtleties of this performance. And we we just said he's criticized for Chris, as you said, going over the top, or just being Jack. And first of all, there's no way you're walking onto the set of a Kubrick movie and just being yourself. Fact. And, we I just mean, went through that. We just talked about him doing 300 takes on a, on a you know, yeah, on, right. I mean, he's acting. Believe and, me, and he's we, acting. And we, get, we have video proof of him preparing for it. You know, he's sitting there going, yeah. murder, kill. I know. Ah, he's psyching himself <laughs> know, up. It's just, it's not, that's not his normal persona, dude. It's people just love, not, people love to dismiss things. But I, I got to say, what one of the scenes that I... I really honed in on with this is the scene where she brings him the the eggs and (laughs) you know you can't lose sight of the fact that and you know whether you're talking about the carpet patterns or the moon landing or what are you all over the wacky things that you want to think that this cryptic puzzle is about at its core the shining is about substance abuse it's about alcoholism specifically and you know Marriage and family and all that stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. oh, it, yes, it's it's, substan- it's yeah, substance yeah. abuse and domestic. But violence. in its yeah. most yes. simple substance explanation, abuse. it's alcoholism. That's what this. That's what this. That's what the book. The source material is about. Yeah, it's what this character is about. It's what King talks about. <laughs> and you, you can see him as 
a person, as a father, as a husband, holding back his rage, holding back his frustration, however warranted or unwarranted it may be to him or anyone else, in the beginning of the movie, he's holding back. He's trying to better himself. He's trying to start again. He's trying to... The resentment is there. You can feel it, but he's not showing it to you But it's like a blanket over you. Right. You feel it. And we know anecdotally what isolation does, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and he's having... He's having Tough time with his writer's block. Even, even I'm sorry. In the car, there's a there's a scene that re- represents perfectly when they're driving to the hotel, and Danny is like, "I'm hungry," and he's like, "You know, almost you like through breakfast. through gritted teeth." He's like, "You should eat your breakfast." Like, <laughs> you know, like you can see the frustration and anger inside, and, and that that those feelings are there, but, but it's he under is the trying to he's trying to bury it, you know. But again, that goes back to just Jack being able to do something. Like, to pull that off, the disgruntled, angry, white-knuckled alcoholic who abused with child abuse and all these different things, yeah. and for it to be just driving through the woods and be like, you should eat yeah. your breakfast. Like, it's yeah. so much more. And, and so well, many it, fucking it, layers. Going to the egg scene, you know, he gets his yep. sunny side eggs, he's dipping the toast in it. And, you know, and he's, he's having a hard time figuring out what it is I'm going to write about or whatever. And, and and Shelley Duvall, so innocently, and we'll get into her performance in a little bit. Well, you know, you just clear your head a little bit, and and I'm sure that, you know, it'll come to you, and, and that's it. And he just goes, yep, that's all it is. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he just smiles. <laughs> and you're, that, yeah. that, that scene is great by both of them, and this is why. Because anybody who is who is married or has been date, dated anybody or whatever – have have felt that dynamic where like somebody's just like, well, just do this, and you're like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, if I could just fucking is. do that, I wouldn't have a fucking problem, you know? Like, <laughs> right? This thing that I put all my focus on. Yes, no, it's that fucking. Yeah, yeah. you got. Oh, you nailed and, it. Thank you for and, the fucking and, advice. But the person you know? who's trying to genuinely help and just doesn't see right. the forest through the trees. Right. She's she's not has no ill intent. Nope. She's just trying to help. And you know, she's a, she abused wife probably definitely mother of abused child so she's walking on eggshells she's just oh right. take me for a walk she's just trying to be so positive and happy with everything she does and just the yup that's all it is yeah. it is and, so and it, and effective Joey as you said it builds properly and and we take that and that moves into him by the typewriter and her coming in and you know oh, the weather's that uh, seems you know it's uh, it's gonna get cold oh okay you know what do you want me to do about it you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like well this is also he's a- like I, you know I need my space I need to th- we go well I'll, I'll, all right I'll go back and in about an hour I'll come back with sandwiches he's like I don't think you fucking understand <laughs> and it, yeah that, that's is, one of my this favorite is the thing too you gotta remember like this guy is is kind of a, a he's kind of a loser right he's kind not kind of he's not successful he's trying to do something he's he's clearly not maybe intellectually capable of doing so that frustration is building it's not really about her or danny it's about his own lack of uh i think that's 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 probably what stephen king was writing about yes and i think one of the major points with with the jack torrance character too is is here you have a guy who's trying to establish himself in the world before he's fixed himself before he's worked on his inner demons before he's managed himself it made himself comfortable with really just his life at home, let alone any of the other stuff. You know, he's he's raising a son who he's, you know, he's had his his outbursts of, of abuse before. Yeah. You know, he's trying to stop his alcoholism. He's trying to fix his marriage. 
and the excuse is I'm just going to run and and go out into the woods. Everything will be fine out in the wilderness. Yeah, you know, right, it, it's, right, it's literally you know, running away from your problems. We're going to yeah. move away. Yeah, we're going to yeah. move away from society, and that will solve everything. Right. And that's also after running away from Vermont. Yeah, yeah. Segwaying into the into, I, I guess this will be just the section that we talk about this with the adaptation and that, and we can kind of more or less leave it in that and, and move on. One of the reasons why I really appreciate Kubrick's version of this and the entity and the idea of it is when it comes to an adaptation. I don't want just a retelling of the story onto the screen. We've seen that before, and there's nothing interesting or exciting about that. You don't need Kubrick to do that. That's when you pull in, um, you know, a Farrelly. Right. Or, yeah, someone who's just going to roll it out there. I, I want, in an adaptation, I want someone to take some great source material and, and use their vision to put it on screen. Make it their own. That's great to me. That's, and that's what this is. And I really appreciate that we have this. I this is where I'm going to criticize Stephen King a little bit because obviously he's a brilliant prolific writer and he's but he's had a lot of problems with adaptations of uh, movie adaptations uh, and whatnot. There is a big difference between a writer and a filmmaker. They are mm. two totally different types of art and I don't I think he understands what makes a good film I, I he's a great writer he listen he's given us so much as far as content goes but he doesn't know how to make a movie and and you can see when when he is more involved in in projects like the shining the reboot or mm-hmm. whatever he did it's no terrible bueno. i mean yeah. it's, it's it's got awful well he, he doesn't understand that medium even more specifically i think at the time of this i think he was professionally trying to get in to the business. Oh, really? And, and I think what, what people don't bring up in the King versus Kubrick stuff is, is that King wrote and submitted a screenplay to Kubrick. And he didn't like it. And not only did Kubrick not like it, but he like literally said, this is very weak writing. This is weak. Wow. Yeah. And, oh. and threw it. Yeah. It's a different so animal. There, so right 100%. there. That's a whole different layer. Right yeah, there. They're, they're, Kubrick, they're, at, they're at odds. Yeah. He's, he's, he's insulted him. And I think that the, uh, the other... Uh, screenwriter uh, Diane Johnson mm, kind of said like oh well the novel needed to be enhanced like so she took a shot at the source Ooh. material which is which is you know not a cool move to me because yeah, the source not. material I think is is wonderful and it's like slow down a little bit bestseller people you know and, and, and again there's only his third book I think by 1980 he probably had a few more out so there's some, some little she was a little nearsighted there but so there's Right in the beginning, there's some initial headbutts going yeah. on. So forget about this before the movie came out. So he's probably ready to attack anyway. Now, there are a few points that he makes that I get how the writer of the book would have an issue with the movie. The number one is the Wendy Torrance character. because I, I agree with that, actually. Yeah, he considers it a, a quote-unquote misogynistic written yeah. character. It's She's weak. She's there just to be yelled at and screamed at and... Kind of the abuse victim. And that's I, that. I kind of agree with that. She's my least favorite part of the, of the movie in that way. Mm-hmm. It's like not a strong, like that would never, that character would not, that would not be a character in 2022. Probably not. No. Yeah. And I mean, and Jack Nicholson, he pushed for Cloris Leachman to be cast in that role. Oh, that's hmm. fucking an awesome what, like what if that person did that role? It's a completely different I wonder role. what it's like. And yeah. that plays more into the blonde character, the strong blonde. Because right. I mean, Wendy Torrance in the book is she's a survivor. I mean, she fights back. Right. She takes a beating. 
she crawls out of that thing and, and yeah. survives the ordeal. The other side of it is, is that, um, that Jack Torrance in the book is someone who's motivated to get his life together. Who's someone he's a who, regular guy, and right? And he's, he's someone who loves his son very, very yeah. much and has a healthy relationship with his wife, at least a healthy love with his wife. Okay. Probably not a healthy relationship because of the, the issues they've had, but uh-huh. he does love his wife. And the, the demons inside and the demons from the hotel join and poison him and pull him away. Right. You know, and, and, and there's an, but there's an arc there, even to the very end, there's a bit of an arc there with him. And King's number one complaint about the movie is in that scene that Chris, you brought up before with them in the car. Yeah. You can see he's kind of nuts already. Animosity. Yes. He's already, yeah. You know, and it's, that's it's right not, from the beginning. Yeah. and that's not the Jack Torrance that enters the Overlook in the book. He's, he's Fair. someone who, who feels like he's put his demons behind him. And this is his build. To, so it's to, like an opposite, to, where this yeah, is to yeah, get the yeah. demons away instead of demons yeah. behind me. Yeah. yeah. So that so he kind of took umbrage with that scene specifically. And watching this time around, I'm like, okay, I could see how the writer of the novel has a little bit Absolutely. of issue there. Yeah. So those are kind of the number one and number two things in there. Yeah. Um, I have to say though, you know, there are some majorly iconic aspects to this film that Stephen King had nothing to do with. And, uh, you know, uh, just to, to name a few, first of all, the blood in the elevators, that is yeah. strictly the film. It was the trailer of the fucking movie. And I know that we- The whole trailer. We joke, <laughs> yeah. with, we joke with ourselves about use, overusing the word iconic. Iconic applies very appropriately. To many things in this movie. Yes. I mean, the blood elevator is all time. The, uh, uh, the maze. The maze. Is not in the book. That yeah, is a, that is that. a Kubrick made, thing. That. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a massive part of this movie. And dude- Very important. The fucking maze. Not only do they actually- you know, film the, some of the movie in the maze, but then they do the thing where they take the filming of them in the, the, the them in the maze, and then they overlay it to the model. Yes, on, and when they get the middle, yeah. So that when while he's watching the, the Jack Nicholson is looking at the model of the maze, he Incredible. sees uh, uh, Danny and um, Wendy. Wendy. Wendy, and you see that famous stare, the yeah. Kubrick stare, the look down, and the. I mean, unbelievable! I mean, yeah. that's like revolutionary shit going on. And the music like, in that scene is also top notch. Like that scene is perfect. The music in general, the it, score. We didn't even talk the the opening <sighs> shot of the the music in the beginning yeah, of when that first note hits, you're in, you're 100%. in. We Not talked about that with really the Godfather music, when yeah, that. But the an, like kind of the animal noises, like mm-hmm. like that, yeah. and all that stuff. It's like, oh my god, this yeah. is. It, it's you're on edge immediately. It's brilliant. It's eerie. It's unique. It's yeah. off-putting. It's right. really kind of everything that a score should be. And you yeah. know, because he, you know, Kubrick had all them watching very abstract, like art house horror movies and different movies to get them into the mood, and then to use the music that the way they did was very yeah, yeah it's wonderful. Get a vision. Yeah. A couple other things in the movie, not in the book. The here's Johnny. Here's Johnny. That's that's ad libbed. Yeah, ad libbed. So that's to Nicholson yeah. and Kubrick so not knowing there. it's Johnny Carson. And was also, amazing. that's well, great. I, what fun. I was gonna say is in 2022. You get a even a thirty year old watching this movie. They probably know here's Johnny from this, and they don't even know what it's where it actually comes from or what that what that is. That's probably the cutoff point. That's probably yeah. thirty is probably where they the don't know point. that yeah. Johnny. That's from Johnny Carson. Yeah, they, they probably don't even know that. Yeah, you know, I mean, like I think that like people. I think like late thirties is probably going to be the youngest that are going to know that that's Johnny Carson, maybe. right? But I think. 
that many would probably the first place that goes, oh, that's the Shining. Hundred percent. Right. That's what I mean. It's more synonymous with the Shining now than the Johnny Carson the Tonight Show, especially yeah. the visual. And another one too. Finally, is the uh, all work and no play make right. Jack a dull boy. That is a Kubrick installation here. Now, of course, we know that he didn't write that because we see it in Bridge on the River Kwai. You know, all work, no play, make Jack a dull boy. Well, uh, I remember when that in that episode we were like, "Wait, that's what? from this." Huh? We're like, is it <laughs> we book, didn't even movie? know that. Like, what? Yeah. The use of that, yeah, in this, holy shit! Yeah. Oh my god, to just find out that the entire time he's just been typing the same sentence over and over again in different fonts and different formats and stanzas. Okay. Yeah, so that I mean, those are major elements. Now, you know, for lovers of the book, there are definitely some. I mean, because I honestly like probably the most scared I've ever been reading a book is the shining like there's there is some creepy creepy shit in that book where you know there's like oh i'm reading at night i'm like eh, let me pick this up tomorrow morning and and some of the big ones that lovers of the book will say that the movie did not do the uh the hedge animals there's there's moving hedge animals in the book it's oh. creepy as hell there's uh there's a scene where danny's playing in the snow it kind of like a, a a playground area that's partially covered with snow and him encountering some um, unseen force or creature they're very very creepy stuff and the man in the dog costume which is only briefly <laughs> referenced in this is i guess he's yeah. a bear it's people a bear, usually call a bear in the movie bear, yeah but him that character in the book is terrifying right and then there's further stuff with the elevator and the fire hose and little stuff like that how much more now, i I, I know it from dr sleep a little bit but the boiler the boiler is yeah. much more of a character in the book correct uh, it's the it's the climax of the entire oh it is it's the climax of the entire book oh yes. okay. yeah now i will well, be, say yeah because the, the the hotel burns down I guess, the, right? yeah the, right. that's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the major difference is the ending and i i personally prefer the ending of the movie it's a little more eerie a little more hard and i'm not talking specifically about the final shot i'm talking more about jack's demise and the hotel the hotel ends up and whatnot you know we'll talk about the final shot and what how sure. to pick that apart at the very end of this thing i mean the boiler is a major major part of, it's, the one the scene it's essentially the reason why he's there you know right yeah. you know, and i think right. they briefly they, mentioned they, they, it in, they mentioned in the movie yeah, yeah. yeah the old man yeah, guy is like oh you house. check it every day but, but, yeah. but and then you see um wendy checking it once because jack can't even be bothered to do that because yeah. he's writing all day but i knew in the book what from i learned that from dr sleep that it's much more relevant in that world yeah we get more about his backstory about why he had to leave vermont why he had to stop teaching you know, he uh, basically, you know, I guess he he cuts a kid from his basketball team and the kid slashes his tires and he puts his hands on the kid, basically, you know, oh, like strangles him or rips, you know, <laughs> kind of whatever he does and then gets fired. So that's he cliff boothed him and they <laughs> he tossed him into the car. Right. <laughs> Bruce Lee's though. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah and uh, and then basically has a, a friend of his gets him the job at the Overlook. So it's kind of okay, one, and that's right. one of his things with Wendy is, you know, hey, you know, I I'm, can't let my friend down. I have to have this. This has to work. There's like a, a little more, more there's more development there. There's and more I, reason why it's so important that he makes this work. Right. Yes. Yeah. But I do think that the movie does a good job of him growing an attachment to the structure, to the to the hotel itself. Absolutely. It's just like, I yeah. just... Like it's a part of God, him. Almost. I just love it here, you know. It's yeah. Like, why? <laughs> yeah. I feel like I belong here. Right. I, I, why I, are you calling him honey? I think there are a lot of <laughs> elements to this that we that, again we I think we forget, like on an initial watch how how terrifying they are. Like realizing what he's typing over and over again when she's realizing that mo in that moment, you're like it, yeah. the first time you see it, you're like oh fuck. 
And she's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Or the first, the first time she looks in the mirror and sees red rum is backwards is murder, right? That's like we've seen it yeah. so that much. Revelation. We've seen it so much now that it's like, oh, cool. The red, red rum, rum red rum, red rum. But seeing it for the first time, you're like, holy shit. It says murder. Like, because mm. you don't know either, right? Unless you're a fucking genius and you just knew what red rum meant. I don't no, know. No, and it's, it's I distinctly remember my first time. Coming to the movie, new red rum. You, you know, that's one of those things. Like the catchphrase of The Shining is red rum, red rum. But had no idea that it was like, you know, in the mirror with the like the R in corn, the backwards R in corn, yeah. you know, you, you see it and it's murder. You know, I was like, yeah. holy shit. And so I remember that distinctly like the I, first time seeing this. Again, I, I think a lot of us just forget how impactful that is the first time mm. you see it. And because like, it's just been in our lives for so long, you know. Right. We know it's coming and it works, but the first time was mind blowing. Yeah. And I, I almost wish I could go back to that moment where like I could see it again for the first time, you know. Appreciate that, that, it. That's why watching it from somebody else, if you can ever find somebody who's never seen The Shining, it's like watching it through their eyes is like so fantastic. You know? well, yeah, my, my daughter's six. She's almost there. In a couple more years, she'll be ready. <laughs> probably. Well, she yeah, doesn't her, know what VHS tapes are, so she'll be fine. Yeah, her, her and Artie's daughter... Uh, her and Artie's daughter Olive could have a sleepover. Well, they're, best, the they're besties, right? yeah. so yeah, that, hopefully they can have a shining night coming up pretty soon. They, I but, mean, you know, in that same light, though... To be fair, what, what were you going to say? Oh, you go first. I mean, there really is... There's one murder in this movie. I know. I know. There's lots of news reports of murders, though. You yes. Know, oh, 14 yeah, people the, dead in there's Miami. There's lots of talk and like <laughs> visuals of people have, that have been and murdered. Seeing, seeing the uh, the sisters, you know, yeah, killed. But, yeah, but you don't... You only see one person actually murdered in this movie. Yeah, which and is, I... And which I, is, just I think, think we forget. There's yes. a ton of aggressive imagery and yeah. and all that stuff that makes you feel like there, there were more casualties. I'm, you know, in the same light you're saying, Chris, is like you forget the time where the, you get the revelation of Red Roma's murder. I mean, the axe to the door scene. I mean, that's something yeah. that we all know. This, that's probably what The Shining is most famous for. You know, right. people, him that, with the face the and the door. And Red Rob are the two things. But yeah. I would think that someone, because there's got to be maybe more, you know, there's got to be more youthful people here today who maybe never come across The Shining. Or if you want to go back to the people who so, literally saw it for the first time. I mean, that door scene with the axe has got to be pretty terrifying and impactful. I mean, right. it's like yeah, intense, sure. you know, yeah, yeah. so. This movie is brilliant in that, Again, the one murder is a prime example of this movie is scary because it doesn't actually give you, t show you the things or tell you, or give you the answers, man. You don't know. Everything is so slow and meticulous, builds and builds and builds. Even his insanity is like, it, it, it doesn't just hit you over the head with it, man. It's super fucking subtle. And that's why it's so brilliant. It doesn't have to actually show you the thing. And that's also you know. why it's so rewatchable because the way it builds and every each scene kind of leads into itself. And the first time we see that Kubrick stare, and then we kind of go into a more normalized scene. And then really, once Room Two Thirty Seven is open, is when it kicks in full yeah. gear. Um, but it all like the groundwork is laid so well that when it happens, it doesn't need to be him just yeah. slaughtering people. It's able to just be it, it, poor Scatman. Just talk about hmm. just talk about like. Letting the visuals tell you the story, right? I mean, Joey, I know you're a big fan, big critic of movies that don't do that. Where Huge. They, 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 they just don't trust the give audience. Give you the information, and you're like, fucking Fuck hate this. it. Yeah. No one's going to accuse The Shining of doing that. No, let me the, tell you the that. Shining is the prime example of how you do it right. You, how get, you do that you correctly. Get, you get credited for the work you do with this movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's all with the camera, man. Yep. I mean, like, uh, we probably should 
the camera is probably something we should definitely talk about. Yeah, go. Steadicam and everything else. So Steadicam, it's one of the first movies ever that ever used Steadicam, right? There's like there's a few in the this late 70s, but this one yeah, kind of made it, was it famous. The right? same guy who did the the um, the shot of Rocky going up the stairs, Rocky which I believe was, was the one first. Of the famous I think one, that yeah. was the first example. Yeah, of it. yeah, yeah, but it's exactly. the same guy. So yeah. yeah, this is the first one that used it really throughout the movie. And, and they use it a lot in this movie, and they use it differently, right? They use it very low, like when uh, Danny is riding the big wheel. I mean, mm-hmm. the big wheel scenes, oh, man, they're so are, good. Are the, Incredible. the heart of the movie really is is the, uh, those scenes and the will. sound design of the carpet to the floor carpet, the carpet yep. to the floor. floor so tense so um and we've oddly and, in, in engaging and, and almost um entrancing and people in that age group in our age group and and before kind of know that like i like that's those sounds made sense to me like i'm like i've ridden a, a big wheel in an environment not like that but like carpet and wood like i knew those sounds like what what a great manipulation of like our our uh childhoods right like he played on something that we were all familiar with do you guys remember the animated show bobby's world yes, yes i do very much yeah, yeah. and now uh, that's uh howie mandel, howie mandel. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was on like three o'clock on fridays yeah yep. he talked and, like this that, that thing. Right. Yeah, and yeah. the intro to the intro to that was the, the big wheel was him on the big wheel big going deal, through yeah. the house with the car on the carpet and it was yeah. a shining inspired uh, a thing so yeah. that's yeah it, it, but it, but the, the, so the the idea is they use the steady cam very low. I, I mean, I still don't really understand how the fuck they did it. Following the, the big wheel through the, the hotel. I love those And scenes. the other big, uh, the big scene too would be the maze at the end. The maze. That's the steady cam. Yeah, yeah, which is huge. Mm. Icon- again, iconic. Mm. Uh, and, and, and just forget the steady cam for a second, which again, revolutionized movies. We still use it today. It's it's It was very important work. But just the goddamn camera work in this movie is, it it tells the story. It really does. It, it this is a one of the few movies you can you can watch and say, the camera told the story. Yeah, it, camera, and I'm going to double down with that with the set design. Absolutely. I mean, just oh, it's uh, unbelievable. The, the patterning of the carpet again. We'll use it again, and we'll use it again and again. Iconic. Yeah. The hedge maze on the on the tie, the the sweater, the uh, the the color design in this movie. I mean, it's. Second to none. I mean, I, yeah. it might be the um, best all time with the use, use of color, right? Yeah. Every this, single thing matters and means something. Yeah. The symbolism of of the color red, uh, just incredible to me. And, and this time around was just, as I'm watching it, just making note of every single little thing that's red. I mean, it's Here, every I made, scene. I made a, you know, every principal character has red on at some point. Uh, um, Jack wears maroon, never wears that, that blood red. We see Scatman... With it as he's in, as he's on the plane, he's going. He's got the shirt. Yeah. We see uh, Wendy with it as she's playing with Danny in the in the hedge maze. Danny's wearing it the whole movie, pretty much. Some of the examples of colors red: the darts, the darts that Danny's throwing, the fire alarms, which we see them all over the place. The no smoking, which we see red written on the wall, no smoking. Obviously, the exit signs, exit signs placed in very odd spots that don't really even have exits, like just in the middle of the hallway, just almost telling telling get the family out. get out. Yeah, yeah. Um, the luggage leaving the hotel on closing day, red. The cart carrying the luggage, red. On on his jacket the first day, f- the word flyer on his back as in fly away, yeah. written in oh, red. Wow, right. Uh, the fire extinguishers, we said exit signs, a fire hose, the no smoking signs. You like lamb? You like lamb, Danny? No. You don't like lamb? What's your favorite food? 
What is his favorite food? French fries and ketchup. Ketchup. French fries and ketchup. Right. There's the red there. We see the plenty of ketchup everywhere all over the place in the in that pantry. Danny's shoes, Danny's bike, Danny's fire engine, the room 237 key, yep. and probably most pro- predominantly Halloran's phone when he calls in the red phone. Yeah. Also the snowcat. Red. Right. Yeah. yeah. So the means of escape, the means of getting them out of there. Red, 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 get out of here. Red, rum, the lipstick on the wall and all that. Yeah, it just... It just Layered throughout this thing, the the two thirty seven key just stands out so much. It's such a mm. small visual in that scene, but it just it's all you can look at because of it's just so red and the way it's placed on the open door is crazy. Yeah, and like the color, but also like again, sound and music. Like there, there's a there's a scene I really wanted to mention where he where he comes into the bar for the first time. Is is Lloyd the um, Lloyd the bartender? Yes. Lloyd. He comes in the bar and the music is screeching. It's, you know, that, that horror screech. Mm-hmm. And the minute he sits down at the bar, it stops instantly. Mm. And, dude, it gave me the chills when I watched it. I was like, because he's about to get a drink, right? I mean, the, the alcoholism theme is, is right there. Shrieking, shrieking, shrieking. He sits in the chair, it instantly stops. Lloyd, you know. Set me up, you know. Yeah. There's the whole the whole thing about the uh, whatever he says. Uh, just incredible, just incredible use of all the tools a filmmaker has. Right, this guy just knew how to uh, use them. That's perfectly. what I go, Mike. If you're saying that this deserves to be recognized as the worst direction, it's now ridiculous. listen. If you want to really hone in on the abuse of the actors, yeah, fine. You, I don't think that's what they were doing with the Razzie, though. That's them saying that yeah, this they, is that was their that was their like. Time justification yeah. 40 years later the direction and the artwork itself in this is supreme it's unbelievable it's, it's genius it's, it's it, absolutely it's never going to ever be repeated i feel like it's it's, it's plainly and simply if i'm going to use a jack nicholson reference as good as it gets it, <laughs> it really is Jesus. but it really is as good as it, it gets. is yeah. it is it is and you know and chris that scene you're talking about going to the bar the anxiety of him going to it with that noise and then yeah. it's how it settles so it eases, harshly it eases you like sitting at that bar eases him right like, because you could you feel were, his shakes you could feel his anxiety about not drinking yeah. because it's not like he's sober he's just not drinking they're aggressively different things that's right mm. there's and being dry and there's being so 100 percent those thing. are very different things yeah. so when he finally five settles it up on the wagon five Lloyd. long months you feel that five <laughs> long said, months as much as it's gotten me or whatever he says like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's not gotten me anything talking to you lloyd <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i i mean i don't mean to jump the gun on scene of the movie here but it's hard God, if there's one, you know, and, and this is, I've, I've said in the past, I'll, I'll say again, this is a yearly watch for me. This is always a first snow watch for me. Yeah, so that's always, the, you always say that. The yeah. snow day, I mean, uh, I, I'm, yeah. I know there's people around the world that don't have snow days or, you know, or or, or, or do have them, but still have to work through them. You know, the the, the teachers of the world, that you know, don't, don't have to, you know, we get our, okay, it's snowing, we're not going anywhere today. You sit in, you do that. Always the shining's the first place I go. Yeah. The scene I'm always waiting to get to. There's two, but the one there, there's a one that I really want is the scene with Lloyd. Really, both scenes with Lloyd. Yeah. You know, whether the right. one uh, a bit of a slow night tonight, Lloyd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the first one. Yeah. 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 
It's really uh, phenomenal. The last thing a bartender ever wants to hear, by the way, Chris, is like, oh, thanks for letting me know. I yeah. wasn't aware. Oh, I'm not making any money. Thanks for letting me yeah. know. I appreciate yeah. it. I- I'm the one who works on tips here, not you. So, okay. <laughs> then the juxtaposition of that, him walking into the place, looking around, saying, hey, this place is packed. Like, this is a party tonight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, those scenes. And then the scene with Grady in the bathroom will be the the other one that I always just am excited to get to because of the intensity. Talk about red. Oh, red. Yeah, talk about red. Man, Lloyd. What a rock star in this movie! Just, just that those incredible. Do you do you remember him or recognize him from Paths of Glory, Joe? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was like, holy shit, I know him because yeah, I, Lloyd was Lloyd was always just in The Shining for me. Yep. He stayed at the Overlook, and then when I see him in there, I was blown away. Yeah, one of the Joey, one of the three he, prisoners. He's always been there. It's always been there. I but that's, know. that's where he existed for me, and now he exists somewhere else. It's kind of confusing. Yeah. Uh, okay. I love the bar scenes because they sh- again. There are scenes that could have been so stupid if done with the wrong people. Chris, was this your first time watching Doctor Sleep? No. No, okay. So, you know, I I don't want to spoil that movie for the listeners, but the callback to this scene and that is just, again, probably my favorite scene in in Doctor Sleep also. Uh, uh, Great, great movie on honestly i i was surprised i thought of uh, i got a, a sh- anything to do with the shining i feel like it's something that shouldn't be touched but th- that was done very very well and it's a guy that uh flanagan that my we flanagan, love yeah. you know haunting of hill house and everything else yeah know? man and my i have an interesting relationship with with dr sleep too because i read the shining for the first time probably in 2014 or so that's when i first read the book and the idea was is that the sequel had just come out a couple years prior. And I'm like, all right, well, that sounds kind of cool. The I've sequel never... film or the sequel book? The sequel book. Oh, so that's it's it's more contemporary. Yeah, it's about, I think, 2011 or 2012. Oh, it came wow. Out. Okay. Yeah. I, so I'm like, I, oh, that's kind of sure. cool. Like, I love The Shining. They just did a sequel to it in book. So I really want to read that. But I feel like I should read the book, The yeah, Shining, first sure. and then go into Dr. Sleep. And I had just read Pet Cemetery and got me fired up in, into, oh, cool. into Stephen King. So I'm, like, I'm, I'm going all in on Stephen King now. And did The Shining book, blew my mind, loved it, read Dr. Sleep, really, really enjoyed it, but said to myself, this will never be a movie. It's, huh. This is unadaptable. There's things about it, the quote-unquote baseball kid scene, which anyone who's seen yeah, the movie, yeah, read yeah, the book, yeah. knows exactly what I'm talking about. I don't need to say anymore. Nope. Michael C. Hall in a van. Um, and just the fact that it's the sequel to this movie i don't it doesn't really attach that closely to the movie i don't think that they'll go that route i hear it's announced i'm like this is gonna be a disaster uh hadn't seen haunting hill house at that point you know everyone praises mike flanagan we'll see we'll see and i think i saw dr sleep right before we recorded our cuckoo's nest episode joe yeah we talked about yeah i said have you seen it yet have you seen it yet um just a masterful yeah, job. It really, it really is. is, you know. And it does a great job of like connecting the movie with the book, right? It 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 plays as a mediator between King and Cooper. Yeah, he really, totally. Yeah, and, really. Yeah. and that's why Flanagan he's able to play in different worlds better than many people. Yeah, yeah and and both Kubrick's family and King have both said, "Wow, Best to marry thing. the two yeah. entities is is just masterful work." It's yeah. it's like truly was like a uh, like a family mediator, you know, between two divorced parents, yeah. you know, to just be able to get everyone agree and 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 come on the same page of that. Yeah, it's so, phenomenal. Okay, so we've alluded to this a couple times 
here. Let's let's get into it now in more of the deep dive fashion. The Wendy Torrance portrayal by Shelley Duvall. I guess we'll start with you, Joe. Where is this going to be? Again, with all of the aspects of this movie, I'm speaking for myself here. There's an evolution, you know, and how I felt about this 10 years ago and how I feel about it now, things have things have changed a bit. So, I mean, I have some thoughts on that. Joe, how about for you? When I first saw it, I didn't. You know, I was probably 16, so I didn't understand it. I didn't think it worked. I was watching it on a very shallow level. Like, you know, you, you watch... When you watch something when you're 16 and you're 38, they're two different movies, especially something like this. I really like her in this. And knowing she's abused, and Jack always talks about how, you know, everything she went through, this is one of the best performances of all time, like her coping. Um, right? I, I, I think if she's kind of stood up more it wouldn't make sense as the abuse. Like it makes more sense in an abusive relationship, just trying to keep them happy, keep it moving. Um, yeah, Joe, I, I mean, I'm, I pretty much completely agree with you. I mean, the, the advent of my relationship with this movie, I, I, this was like, she, her, she was an annoyance to me. It was like very shrilly. Everything that really everyone says about it is it's, it's kind of like a headache on screen. And, I do not feel that way anymore. I actually appreciate her performance more and more every time I watch the movie, Same. which to me is the marker of a great performance, you know? And, and you know, Chris, when when you mentioned the um, about this isn't something that you'd see on screen in 2022, I agree. But I don't think that it shouldn't be on screen because I do think that there are relationships like this. There are people who are trying to just... They're just going to make everything work, and it's going to be okay, and we're going to, you know, tomorrow we'll just go for a walk, and we'll all feel better. It's going to be nice. And Take it's going to be nice walk. until shit goes down. Like, that's, some, that's, 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 uh, that's the, that's an abusive relationship and how someone is with an, an alcoholic, with an alcoholic, an abusive relationship with an alcoholic, this is literally the dynamics that are very realistic. Yeah, Chris, what do you, what do you I, think? I don't, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I also can see how... Some people find it to be annoying and weak and like, I don't like the portrayal of a woman being weak like this. Particularly the person who wrote it and didn't write it that way. You know, like I could, like I would be annoyed if I wrote a character that I cared about and someone just completely took the guts out of it and just threw it on screen, that would possibly. And that changes the dynamic of it, not reading the book. And I, I think that's really what you said earlier, where if you read the book first, you could see it having more of a trouble. Like, that's one place where I'm like, oof. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's tough, because on, on one hand, I, I see that side of it, like, dude, this, this like, s- like, whiny, weak, you know, scared woman is it doesn't play great right now. And, and again, wouldn't probably wouldn't be portrayed that right way in 2022. On the same token... A lot of people also say like it's over overacted, right? Like, I mean, again, her performance, Nicholson's performance, is, is largely criticized for being overacted. But like, you can't have if she had this subtle performance, and he had this over the top performance, it wouldn't work either. Like, they had a match. They have to match, right? Exactly. So, and I, I the other thing I love is it, it was um, filmed in sequential order, so. As as mm. Kubrick is like torturing her, abusing her, uh, yes, abusing her, she's deteriorating, and dude, you can see it. Like you, you can look at her and tell, yeah, that she is deteriorating. Like which, again, uh, for Shelley Duvall, I feel terrible, but <laughs> watching it from 
as a, a viewer of the movie, man, it really sells me on it. Like, it, it, yeah, it and, really and you're does. not going to see direction in that manner or treatment of actors or actresses no, in that nor manner we, today. You know? Yeah, and, absolutely. But I was listening to an interview with Shelley Duvall today, and it, I, I don't know when the interview was taken, but it wasn't right after the movie, and it wasn't like most recently, but it was probably after the year 2000 at some point or whenever right. they did the, the making of or whatever it was. And, you know, she was asked, you know, do you regret taking the role? And she goes, it was not a fun experience. You know, it was not, a, it, 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 it was certainly an ordeal to go through, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. And that's because of Stanley. And that, right. and she said those words. So it's wow. like, you know, so there is an element of her just, I think it's like kind of that, that intense coach who is overbearing on his players and some players can't handle that and don't deal with it and won't deal with it. And others don't get along with that coach and yeah. butt heads or, or, or have it take a toll on them day to day, but look back and say, God damn, that was one of the best coaches I ever had right. because he got a performance out of me that I was otherwise incapable and of. It is, it is the role she's going to be known for for the rest of her life. And after you know? Oh yeah, for that lives forever. Like right. olive oil isn't living forever. <laughs> no, no, being a fling of, of of Woody Allen and Annie Hall is probably not. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, she's trying to erase that. <laughs> it's the thing that defines her career. You know, her artistic career, and and that's you know, I'm sure she values that. In, Listen, in, in a lot of ways, Wendy Torrance is an iconic character. Yeah. Swinging the baseball bat with the dull boy, like that is an iconic scene. The knife with, in the bathroom. Yeah, like those are. Yes, it was abusive. He tortured her, but he pulled something out of her that didn't exist in any of her other yeah. roles. And I'm not saying it was right. I'm not going to sit here and justify it. Yeah, like, clearly, it, it was it, fucked up. It it's shouldn't have happened. Beat. It's a tough beat. But it is. I think, again, 16-year-old me thought she was out of control. Me, now me understanding nuance better. Yeah. Again, yeah, I mean, her performance is conflicting for me because I, I feel like a, a bit of a stronger portrayal. I don't know what that would have been like. It would have been interesting to see. I, mm. I don't know. Man, listen, it's one of those things where we can sit here and say it's wrong. Shouldn't happen. But we do have the movie. Yeah. We do have the performance. Listen, and we have it. You know, you know, we're, this is something we're going to It's a conversation where we revisit when we go to Kramer versus Kramer. Right. And some of the things between Dustin Hoffman and, and Meryl Streep. Again, stuff you're not going to see today. But, you know, we have this piece of art because of it you know it's a it's an interesting debate and i'm sure the actors and actresses of the world are very one-sided on the other side of it this is we don't need to deal with this shit but you know there's there it is in the sports too with the bobby knights and the sure you know those intense coaches of course in the hockey world it's a very common thing for i mean tortorello would probably be the example of yeah there's a there's a few uh um babcock too right he's the oh yeah the washington guy for a while no 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 Um, Uh, oh no no detroit uh, Detroit. yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. i mean he's been like He's been like vanished, banished from the league. Like he's yeah. done. And Who's I, the red faced Washington guy? <laughs> <laughs> I know you hate yeah, him. Uh, I, I, I can't remember his name jerk. off the top of my head. Yeah. Boudreaux? Boudreaux. Yeah. Boudreau. Yeah. Yeah. You hate him. I love Boudreaux. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but uh, Mike Babcock was considered probably the, the biggest like like abusive kind yeah. of coach. But I mean, did the guy also won like. How many cups is that? How many a times lot. is his name written on the cup? Like a yeah. lot. Yeah. yeah it's... it's, listen, Bobby Knight again. I mean, I think that as a society, we're moving away from that for better or for worse, probably for better, for the sake of there people, might be people's some, mental health some and worth, stuff. Like, yeah, there yeah. might be some ways it's not great. You know, we're, we're you know it's a fine line because there's value tough. in it, but it crosses a line so quickly. Right. We, that, you know, that's you have the to be able thing. to stay on that line, but then the people being taught are too 
they don't see they see the line much shorter yeah. than it really exists. Well, it's the it's the acid in the base of Kubrick versus Eastwood, right? right. It's like, yeah, like when the Eastwood stuff works. It's fucking great. Like, you know, you get a you get an Academy Award winning performance and you do it under budget and under time. And, you know, there was it was a player's environment and it was stress free and everyone's happy. Everyone loves each other. But that sort of environment can create plenty of disasters and forest fires in itself because it's chaos. There's no discipline. There's no order. Right. There's no right. You put Charlie Sheen no in structure. It. Yeah. Like, it's just like this is a disaster and on the Kubrick, the, the Kubrick side of it. You can get this this carefully structured masterpiece with the right people in the right places and this wonderful thing at time. But you have a filmmaker who can only do one movie every 12 to 15 years because he's right. so stressed out by it. You have actors who, and actresses who, who don't want to be around this stuff anymore. You know, they literally, it takes it, it leaves an imprint in their life. So there is, where's the balance? Slim Pickens was supposed to be hollering, Scatman Crothers. He was in Dr. Strangelove. He was the um, pilot. He hmm. refused to do this movie because he's like, I can't deal with Kubrick again. Slim Pickens is the, he's the guy who's riding the thing yep. at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he rides the bomb down with the cowboy yeah. hat. And he's like, I'm not doing it with this guy again. He said, he's like, that. I just can't do it. And, you know, Dr. Strangelove, I think, is perfect. Um, but yeah, that movie where it's just everything bound in, he's like, I can't do now this bigger. This yeah, well, bigger I mean, thing. the the, uh, the, um, the guy who plays Grady was in Barry Lyndon. Yep. Clockwork too. Yes. You know, so uh, you, you see these guys, they tend to, right, they tend to work with the same people because, I mean, there's examples with that with, with some of the other guys too. If you, we mentioned Fincher, who's the other jerk, who's the Silver Linings playbook jerk. Uh, David O. Russell, you know, he'll get a lot of the same people. Like, Well, he seems just like a piece of shit though. Yeah. Like he yeah. just seems like a bad guy. He doesn't seem like a motivating Hard-ass but director. You see, you see the same people in his movies because those are the people who can put up with him. Right. You know, yeah, can yeah, tolerate exactly. Him. We've talked about so many old movies where these guys, the directors had such a bigger hold on it and it's just so much less now and I think, you know, we're um, not going to see it as much. Scatman. Scatman Crothers. Dick Halloran. Uh, now, this is, dude, so again, I, I hate to, there's probably people listening who are like, God, stop spoiling the book. Like, but, uh, you know, well, what can I say? It's been listen, out a while. To go don't out listen. It. If, uh, it's not new. And stop. the beauty of a, the beauty of a book is, is that there's art in between the letters and in between the lines, so, right. so you can read it anyway. But he does not die in the in the book. There's no deaths. None of the three principals die in the book. And in the film, there were discussions to have any of the three die. There was a script direction where Danny dies. There was a script direction where Wendy dies. And they ultimately settled on the black man because it was the 80s, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what happens. <laughs> Oh but, no! Um, he is a, he is an essential part of the book. Uh, we see him come in, into play in Doctor Sleep. Yeah, very very prominent. Flanagan handled it perfectly. And goddamn, who Jasmine was? My wife was convinced that that was the same guy. I'm like, that guy's probably long oh, he's dead. Very dead. I mean, <laughs> Super dead. Rest his soul. I, I was brothers. like, she's like, no, I'm not convinced it's not him. I'm like, Jasmine, it's 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 like impossible. He would be like 100 years old. Like, what are you talking about? The, the, whoever they found looks exactly like him, sounds exactly Flanagan, like him. It's incredible. Flanagan's perfect. And, and as we've mentioned now, we have our, our It episode coming up. And Joe, you reread It for this. Mm -hmm. How fired up were you when Dick Holleran shows up in It? So I went to text you and I was like, oh, wait, no, I'll wait for the pod. Yeah. <laughs> well, wait, we're on the pod right now. You're like, what, you, what are you saying? Dick Halloran's character shows up in It. Yeah. Oh, the character. In, in the book, It. Yeah. He's, I he's lost my fucking book. mind. I was so excited. Yeah. And that's one of my, my favorite passages of the 
of the book. I mean, we'll get to that when we talk it on the. On it's the episode, my favorite, but, I think. Yeah, incredible. But it's probably uh, yeah, top the, three. The Shining it, comes into play in oh, it. Oh, that's a, awesome. A little yeah, bit of I mean, uh, King is great with that. Yeah, right. Like the yeah, connecting all the worlds. He's great with connecting the worlds, and he's great in not going overboard with it. You yeah, know, he yeah, just he yeah, does yeah, it yeah, just yeah. enough where right. it's like, oh, it's great when it shows up, but you're not. It's not overbearing. I didn't expect it. I yeah. And I, you didn't remember it from your no. first read, yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I just didn't. Think I, I didn't connect it at the first time, and I didn't expect it. And I was so excited. It's an amazing character. Um, what do we think about the the character on the film and, and the portrayal of the character, uh, Chris? We'll, we'll start with you. I mean, I it, he's really the connective tissue between the entity that's that controls the 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 hotel or that's that's haunting the hotel. I guess is the best way to put it. Sticks with it, and and and. This family, he's the connective tissue. He's explaining to Dan. We need him. He's very important because we need him to explain what Danny's ability is about, what's going on in the house, what the shining, what what it is like. And he's our connection to the out. Once everybody leaves, he's our only connection really to the outside world. Or our very, very, he's the most important connection to the outside world. So his he- character is vital. In the storytelling of the, of this, uh, do do you agree? I do, and Scatman, I just I love him in everything he's in. I love him in you know we, we talked we talked about him in in Cuckoo's Nest, and um, a Silver Streak is a personal favorite of mine. Almost made my top ten list. Uh, I just love it, and he's the con- train conductor in that. And Bronco Billy, the Eastwood movie, yeah. Chris, that you uh, alluded to before, he's just an, he's just an awesome uh, an awesome presence of these things. A musician too. Um, so happy he's in this. So happy that he kind of lives on in people's zeitgeist. The fact that he's in two of the more famous movies of that era, that that decade, Absolutely. you know, um, and both with uh, alongside Jack Nicholson both times too with Cuckoo's Nest and and The Shining. Uh, I I think he really does a nice job of of portraying Dick Halloran. And uh, that that voyage from Miami to, to to Denver, which could kind of be clownish if done in the wrong way, right. and I, I I dig it. I dig it every time I see it with him in this, you know, and his untimely demise. I love the way he relates to Danny, like yeah. subtly calling him Doc, asking you know the telepathic, asking for ice cream. He doesn't overwhelm Danny with, "Oh, this is what it is." He shows him, and he shows a, him what it is, and I that do have helps. A question though, because like when Danny asks him, "Are you scared of this place?" He says, "No, right?" Like that is he, but he's wrong. <laughs> he should be scared of it. But right? I think his uh, his whole thing is, you know, you could see what's left behind when you have the shining. So he saw it, but he probably didn't see it without Jack yet. And, and Danny was seeing it with Jack. Uh, you know, I think there's, from what I remember about the book, is there's a little bit of a sense of I'm talking to a five-year-old and I don't want to scare, scare him. him. So right. I think there might even be a little segment there where it's like, are you scared? No. But in but in his head, yeah. he's like, but yeah. I know that there's enough to be scared about here. Right, like right, kind of, right. Um, now, this leads into my quote. They the do movie. explain it a bit, uh, Dr. Sleep explains that yeah. whole thing a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very thorough there. Yeah. And this leads into my quote of the movie here. And it is from Dick Halloran talking to, to Danny here. And it is, uh, here we go. Well, you know, Doc, when something happens, you can leave a trace of itself behind. Say, like, if someone burns toast. Well, maybe things that happen leave other kinds of traces behind. Not things that anyone can notice, but things that people who shine can see. 
just like they can see things that haven't happened yet. Well, sometimes they can see things that happened a long time ago. I think a lot of things happened right here in this particular hotel over the years, and not a lot of them was good. I love this section. That, of, that, that's taken right out of the book. It must be, right? Um, it sounds yeah, very it, Stephen King-ish. It, it, the conversation is, is a big part yeah, of it, yeah. and I think actually in the book they are having the conversation uh, it, through yeah. the shine. You know, they're through doing, the uh, um, tele telekinesis or whatever, or not, I guess that's not telepathic. Word. Yeah. Tele uh, telepathy. Yeah. Right. And, and one of the things that kind of goes on, which is, which they do in the sequel in Dr. Sleep is it's, he's marveled at how strong the kids shine is versus right. his, where they kind of then do that with, with Danny and Abra in the, it's, they kind of replay right. it a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. I love that little conversation is almost like a thesis for this film in saying that like, okay, you know, there's strengths and weaknesses and frequencies to the shine yeah. and they relate to the world around us. So yes, you know, we shine a little bit and we see a little more here. We, we know a little bit more of this, but there are places who do the opposite. They give off yeah. that negative force and it is, right. there's a good versus evil to this. And it's, it's so subtly done within the entity of this movie. And I just, I love Love this scene and love this interaction it, between the two of them. And I was super taken back at it this time around. It gives you so much too, because like even I interpret it a little differently as well. I was like, it's kind of telling you that like, you know, not everybody in this world is, has is special or has a special ability. Like certain people do even I was, I was talking to Jasmine about it. Like, you know, professional athletes or, or gifted musicians, or, you know, some people have these gifts and some people are just regular people that don't have these things. And like, mm -hmm. It's kind of speaking to that, like that not everybody is gifted. That might even be a Stephen King or a Kubrick kind of thing where they're like, you know, we have these gifts, we have this gift, and not all of you can do what yeah. I do, you know? And, like, and moreover, the gift exists on the other side of the battle lines too. There are people who have this yeah. ability, have this gift that aren't they're here. They're doing it for bad They're reasons. doing it for yeah. bad, you yeah. know, for yeah. everyone yeah. who can you know, shoot a three-pointer, there's someone who can pick a pocket without you noticing. That's right. You know, you've got to yeah. pick a pocket or two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Come on. <laughs> That's an hey, unbelievable reference. Where's Grant like the, right now? You dude. like the shot of Kubrick there, too? <laughs> 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 yeah. Fuck it. Oliver versus 2001. Later on in the second bar scene when we meet Grady and Lloyd and the Bear Man. Dude, it's time to talk Grady. And the Bear Man and all that stuff right now. Yeah, but I go. think that all pays that scene off perfect. So yeah. I think it's the yeah. next place because... And, and think about it in context of recovery. Yeah. There are two ends of a stick pulling at you. The one that wants to just keep fucking rolling rolling the, the dice. The sober and, brain and, and the addicted brain fight. Yeah, and the, and there's the forces yeah. there too. There's there's yeah. also the, the forces inside Jack where he is... Like his son is has a gift. And he does not have a gift. That's yeah. what is creating a lot of the resentment and anger towards his son. That like his son has something and he does not have it. Mm. He, like again, he's a loser. He's not yeah. a good writer. He's not. He's he's not special in any way. And that's creating this anger. He's not super proud of his wife. He's not. Uh, yeah, he's no. not proud of his his right living. There's situation. no shine. It's all dull. And, yeah, and and think about the the struggle within Wendy wanting to keep the fam family unit together and right. wanting everything to work versus exit, get out, yeah. leave in bold uh, red letters. I think get out. So much has been made of of this these underlying these bigger underlying themes and these Easter eggs all over the place, 
but I think you're you really nailed at the beginning when you're saying it's really about the family dynamics, these family, these this this family, and this resentment and and anger towards you know his anger towards them and, and the struggle within and, and the struggle and, within and addiction and you know, you know all all these things that that have nothing to do with Native Americans or which we haven't gotten into yet or the yeah. Holocaust or whatever it is that stuff's in there fine but like it's really minotaurs right it's <laughs> yeah, <but> fucking minotaurs stupid shit I've ever heard, I mean, it's, bad. it's nonsense but like in recovery treatment there's you know a fable that's always talked about like inside of us there's two wolves right one is the good the good the strength the kindness yeah. the resiliency the other is the hatred the resentment the sure. the jealousy the greed and you know which one wins it's which one we feed yeah. more right are Kubrick we going to pay more attention to the good wolf or are we going to pay attention to the bad wolf whichever one we pay more attention to is the one that's going to take over jack leans into the negative wolf because of his lack of well, I mean, lack, lack of shine maybe kubrick yeah. kubrick himself says that, that this exact thing basically um that the central theme is that there is something inherently wrong with a human personality and uh, there's an evil side to it. That, that That's essentially what this movie is about. I have the full quote here. Okay, great. Uh, if you want me to pull it out. Yeah, I only had a piece of it. Yeah, when when they asked him about the themes of The Shining and what, yeah. what yeah, struck yeah. him about the source material and why he wanted to make the movie. There's something inherently wrong with the human personality. There's an evil side to it. One of the things that a horror story can do is show us archetypes of the unconscious. We can see the dark side without having to confront it directly. Right. Great quote. Yeah, Great it quote. is. And yeah. it's, I mean, that is essentially what this movie is. Yeah. You know, at, at its core. Yeah, and, and I, I think you hit the nail on the head, Chris, as yeah. much as you want to get into all the real wacky layers. And that's the beauty of a cryptic piece of art. Is is that you can really go deep yeah. into all sort of insane things, and there is some of that in here for sure. sure. And sure. and that's what I love about this film, and I love about films like this. Yeah, is is that, and I've said this before. If you really want to go crazy analyzing it, yeah. you can, or you can come, you know, to the shallow end and and kind yeah. of you know n- not shallow in you the can sense enjoy of the shallow. It just I mean, literally, what it is. and and pick out some of the more basic things yeah. there with it and not that anything we're talking about is really basic or shallow at all you know like i mean right. these the thing i think honestly a lot of the shit we just talked about in the last half hour is more profound than any of the moon landing shit right <laughs> completely exactly. honest with you yeah, but yeah. you know a thousand percent though and i think that's what kind of gets lost in all the bullshit yes right yeah in that the fact of addiction and relationship dynamics and all of what goes on is so much more interesting than the conspiracy yeah. bullshit that yeah. the fucking nerds are talking yeah, like, about. I love, dude, listen, I love that. I loved the show Lost for that exact thing. Yes. They, they hide all these little details in there. Kubrick, I mean, th- does that brilliantly. And yeah, you, Kieran, you were a Lost guy too. Like, you know, oh, that little thing in the background means something. And oh, that's connected to this. And that's, you know, that's all, that's awesome. I love that. But that's really not what this movie is about ultimately. If there's that, rainy or snowy day where you got nothing else to do and you want to sit around and overanalyze a movie or film or, or whatever a book or yeah, whatever a right. song it's great it's super let's fun let's do it that's great there, sh- there should be there to do that and yeah. and it's it's not it's not always the author or the director's authority to tell you exactly what you're viewing or what you're seeing and I, I think a guy like Kubrick gets that and I think that's so important and I, t- I mean again Chris brought it up earlier I t- always talk about when Things are laid out. It just is lazy. It's I don't yeah. trust you. I leave us some trails. 
As long as you close up enough, you're letting us do the work. Even if it's not exactly what you thought, we're still finding things from it and finding value in that. And I think that's the importance of something that's actually art and not just nonsense put on the state. You know, let us tell you exactly what it's going to be and then leave it there because that's something you watch once. However much you like it or not, you're probably not going to go back yeah, to it. I mean, a lot. Joey, this movie is the op the, the the polar opposite of a movie like that, where it's giving you the surface stuff. It, for, it's not giving you anything, right? But you're earning it. But even the stuff you're earning, you have there's to work like for. three other levels you can go down. I mean, there is. Listen, we're gonna probably shit on the the, the conspiracy theory shit a little. I'm bit. going to, but <laughs> but that doesn't mean it's not there. I I think some of it is there. Yes, I think and it's I on th- purpose. I think there's one very valid one. I think there's a few. Well, I, I do are, think they're, they're there. Stanley's the type of guy to play with people. A little well, bit. that's so what I'm to, saying. Yeah, he but wants I think to they're, they're, he's not putting that Apollo shirt in there without okay, having a little. But fun. he's also not. But he's also trolling a bit. He's not also bingo immune to a continuity error, and I think there's a few of those things too. Totally agree, and I think that's very yeah. important. I mean, you know, the, you can see the helicopter in the drone shot, and the, right. the shadow of the that's helicopter. You know, he's so not like immune to that. Yeah, dude. He's, yeah. Right. we should mention too, though, that the UK cut of this took a half hour out of the film. I mean, he after the American release didn't go well. Well, he panicked. Yeah, he, he put well, the half hour. That's out. considerable yeah. because I mean, like the movie that we watched and and analyzed for this podcast. Mm-hmm. 30 minutes of that film was taken out. So yeah. what did they take out? I don't know. Uh, uh, a lot. I'll rattle through a bunch of it. Pretty much the whole scene in the beginning with the doctor and the kid. They took uh, that out? Pretty much the whole thing. Uh, they took out a lot of the tour and the tours. The second interview with Ullman came right. completely out. Wendy touring the hotel, that stuff came out. Um, they cut the scene with Lloyd in half. So they cut a lot of the drinking stuff out. Wow. Most which of the is, references so they to drink, really which important. is the core of it. They yeah, took out yeah. the drinking and the abuse. Not, not in top. But the, not the pay, the, nothing's yeah. going to make sense. So when now Danny right. has the bruises from Room 237 and Wendy blames him, that's going to seem like it's completely out of nowhere. Yeah, there's a couple of... Um, well, I mean, you right, know, I guess he, he says, doesn't explain to the therapist about the arm about thing the arm. and everything. Yeah, the right. therapist is out of it completely. I mean, um, I have issues with the therapist, but I mean, it is important. It does set up the abuse right yeah and yeah. a lot of a lot of little stuff a couple of the title cards come out pretty much the 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 vast part of Halloran's journey back yeah he, to the hotel the, like a I lot said, of that stuff he had was. a really serious reaction to the 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 uh the lack of success in here yeah it, it was a real under problem. two hours you know so yeah and and there's a reason that that cut doesn't you doesn't hold you up. Can't get your, well, you yeah. can't even you get can't it. Find you can't it. find yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have our section where we'll say what can come out, and I don't disagree that there are some things that could be trimmed up a little bit. That's a different conversation yeah. than a half hour yeah. from this movie, though. Yeah, a, a lot of the um, stuff with Wendy kind of walking around the hotel at the end, like the skeletons, like that. That stuff comes out. Like yeah, a, yeah. yeah, yeah. That I think is tough yeah. to lose. All right, well, uh, but yeah. We'll so, but the bottom line is, a full half hour comes out of this thing. So. Um, so let's. Talk, I want to talk about the descent here and the the breakdown into madness. Grady in the bathroom, narking on Danny. Uh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> some racial slurs there that are. Uh, I mean, talk about things you're not seeing in a movie in 2022. There's no. Yeah, um, you know, I don't want to make this section of it about that, but the bathroom scene with Grady, the the whole the, talking it a little bit spilled about, on right, and yeah. then they go in the bathroom. The, the ad- advocate, advocate, advocate. Joey, did you look up what advocate is and? No. No? How wow, you're you. usually right all over that stuff. Well, yeah, usually, but then whenever it's alcohol-related, you always 
you always have it, so I figure out yeah. to you now. <laughs> we don't. Well, we didn't know. It though. is dairy related too, so maybe yeah. that could have oh, been. Oh yes. dear! No, no. Uh, Advocat is a is a Dutch eggnog essentially. Oh, it's so it's disgusting! I mean, it looks yeah. gross. It does. Yeah, so, eggnog. That's basically what it is. It's a yeah. it's a it's a milky alcoholic to deal with that. <laughs> it's, not, it's from the it's from yeah. The, so psychopaths milk. continually drink milk. <laughs> uh, sunny side up eggs, Joe. Is that that doesn't seem like something that you'd be into there, though? I make a. I make the best sunny side eggs. Oh, you do make every... sunny side up Really? Eggs. Oh, okay. See, I, always... I don't particularly love eating them, but I make the best one you'll ever have. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. All right. Dude, I have to say, I laugh loudly and often about your your hatred for milk. It's really <laughs> phenomenal, dude. I, you I, knew it was going to come I up. Love I love it. I mean, it so came funny. up in 1001 the other day. I love that. I, love I, that. I, I really love it, dude. It's one of my favorite it's things fantastic. about you. No, I see, because of that, I thought that maybe like, not fully cooked eggs would, right. would scare you a little Dairy. bit. Dairy. No. See, because I, mean, I was, I always grew up being like, Sunnyside is like, that's, you may see it on television, you don't order that. That's no good. That's oh, no. So I make, over easy was always the one I was taught to. And that's what I, to this day, I what over easy. Still now? I'm an over, over easy, yeah. My pref, my preferred is over medium, but I, I like make, over, over medium. Is over medium is my go-to. I do over medium on egg sandwiches. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just a little less goopy, you know? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have gone... <laughs> This is a weird uh, track we're going down. Uh, this is what we do here. <laughs> I would never have had a runny egg ever in my life when I was a kid. In my adulthood, I do it. Oh, it's like fantastic. It. Yeah, yeah, I do like it. A runny, yeah, I mean, with just toast, it's, it's oh, unbelievable. So good. My, yeah. my, my, I make the best, like, no joke. Too. The yeah. rest of the people living in this in this domicile right now would not go near anything other than, like, completely cooked egg. Really? Oh, no. See, my wife, like, over medium is pushing it for her. Like, she wants, like, over easy, sunny wow. side up, no. like at oh yeah. yeah. My, my wife Kristen. and my daughter. I'm with Chris on that. If that if that yolk looks like a piece of chalk, I ain't going nowhere. Because like near. sometimes if like, I I kind of with you there. Ew. Yeah, yeah. Because like hard boiled egg. <laughs> my wife eats one every day. Oh my god, that's, it's good. Apparently, it's I good like, for you. It's yeah. good. For, I like egg salad. Uh, I mean, uh, like I take a I take a stiff punch to the face before I eat egg salad. <laughs> but like, I'm not going to sit there and eat a uh, hard boiled egg. A hard boiled egg like stinks too. Yes. It's like gross. It it's not bad. For me. And then uh, throw mayo in it and put it on a piece of bread. I don't think so. Yeah, it, 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 it's like salad. the least attractive thing my wife does is eat, eat it's hard boiled eggs. It's good yeah, for you. Not, People do I it. Hear you. Salads without lettuce are not for me. It's why she you know? looks unless like it's a, unless it's a fruit salad. That's the only thing I can do. But it's, no, it's why she looks 20 years younger than me. <laughs> I mean, it's safe to say that Jasmine is doing much better healthily than all of us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Grady in the bathroom, boy. That we we we, we felt. Oh like yeah, that you, you brought that to me, and I never answered. Uh, yeah. What were you asking me? <laughs> the introduction of the character. We talked a little bit about the introduction of Lloyd and and whatnot, but but the Grady character we hear about in the very beginning, and uh, we you know get this interaction between him and Jack. This is one of the creepier moments in the movie for me because it's so. It seems so benign on the surface. He's Gotta a spill. Correct. He's cleaning cleaning him up. I and, had to correct her. Well, even bef- but even before that, he's kind of just like pretending like nothing is wrong. Grady is is nothing's wrong, and then he's like Grady. You know, then Nicholson starts to question him. You know, Grady, like, are, weren't you the caretaker here? And he's like, No, sir, that's you. I corrected her too. <laughs> um, Chris, we're talking about the scenes that make you laugh out loud in this. I mean, I, I can't not watch Jack in that scene and yeah. laugh out loud. You were the caretaker. Yep. And that face, he, <laughs> right. he slaps like the dish rag on the thing, and the face he makes, I just, yeah. I, I can't with that, dude. It's it's so. Awesome. But why? But what can we? 
can we figure out why it's funny? Why is it funny to us? It's just so insane. Right. I mean, it's just you were the caretaker. Well, I like know you that. said it earlier, he's so he is being Nicholson in that moment. Mm. But like, like I said, it's fucking. Aw- it's why we love him so much. Like he's, like he seems like he's going to lose his mind yeah. at any moment. He's like bonkers. He's going to like start rubbing him on the shoulder, real firm. Like 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 yeah. sticking his thumb on his on his uh, collarbone. Like you're going to tell me you're the caretaker. Like, right. like I know I'm losing my mind, but not here. This yeah. I know. Yeah. It must have just slipped my mind. I don't. I don't remember, quite recall. Yeah. Do cool. I, 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 around here, running he around says, here somewhere. He says this. This is, this is the part ever, gets me every time. Ever. He's like, I hate to differ with you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> See, I mean, like, it's amazing. Like, why are and, we laughing at this? And when that character takes the turn to evil, it's fucking great yeah, too yeah. because he's kind of there's I hate a moment with you oh. so polite and then he just stares into him you're right Kieran and he just he, he locks eyes at him yeah, and he he, goes, there's a moment where he gives up he, one of my daughters even stole a match and tried to burn the place down the eyes in that scene I had to correct yeah. her <laughs> no you're <laughs> right there's a switch that goes turns, off yeah and that it's so fucking subtle like, yeah I said that weird I said it like he did yes he would <laughs> It's so sorry. You said every letter in the word. <laughs> I corrected myself. Um, he- when when we stopped you from doing your duty, you corrected us too. <laughs> oh my god. Dude, it's it's but really, like, there's that moment where it, it, he shifts and you're like, holy shit, like this is the creepiest thing ever. It, it it's incredible, dude. It, it's a masterclass by both people involved. And it's all in the face. Like it doesn't need like all this yeah. nonsense and it's also you know they talk a lot about like the camera working and how normally when things are framed like everybody kind of has their side and that whole time they're switching sides with the camera that's going back and forth yeah. so it's really yeah. unsettling you right. and it's really putting Jack in Grady's place and Grady in Jack's place so it's like the one in the right. sameness to yeah, it yeah. so the whole scene you're off kilter but it's just the cloud that's over it yeah. after so much just laughter inappropriately yeah and it has that it has that that starkness uh, uh, visually, that like Kubrick is famous for that, like that stark, you know, white, red, like bold colors, like very it it, it uh, Clockwork Orange feels like that too in a lot of scenes where it's like it's very sterile in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Like hundred yeah, percent. That whole section of the film, the the him coming back into the the gold room with the with the banquet and. And and the bathroom, and then even him in the in the pantry when he's negotiating <laughs> with with Grady through the through the wall, yeah. and that's like that's like the scene that that shows you the evidence that this isn't in anyone's mind. Like he he's let out right. of that. Right. You know, there's no one there to let him out of that. He doesn't get out on his own. There's no gray area there. The hotel lets him out. It's such a trippy scene because of that. Right. We kn- we now know. That there's no other interpretation that the hotel is a physical force, right? In in addition to a spiritual force, right? It's not in his mind. It's there's it something physically going lets on. Him go. Yeah, 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 right, right, right. A locked door in a freezer on a pantry. Sorry, pantry, is opened. Yeah. And yeah. we also do get that through all three of the principal characters seeing visions and 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 being physically impacted by them. You know, whether it's the bruises on on Danny or. Uh, Wendy's little tour of the skeletons and that whole that whole well, thing. Well, I too. think that's why, and I know you rolled your eyes at that, Joey. That scene, 
But Wendy is the, the last one, I think, to see anything. Yes. No, I like uh, that scene. I rolled my eyes at taking it out. Oh. oh yeah, yeah. Oh, the skeleton scene? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, does, it does seem... Like it doesn't fit. I'm a little lower on the skeleton scene myself, but yeah, it, it, right. It feels uh, uh, out of place, but it is showing you that okay, she's finally seeing what's going on. And that's in the why hotel. It's I think it's important. Uh, yeah. It does seem completely out of place, though. I agree. I think that's when she really settles in. Like, oh, oh, this is yeah. This place is. It's more than just Jack. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's something going on in here, and I think it is important to do. Yeah, when she she sees uh, the character who's a big a big part of the book uh, who um uh, his name is escaping me right now because they don't say it in the in the film wonderful party isn't it he's got the blood coming from his head and he holds up the glass yes mm-hmm. yes, yes yeah uh, that's like one of the key, one of the key old guys who would host all the parties back then and yeah so uh, and she sees him and it's like oh shit what's going on here we we learn that this isn't in anyone's head like this right. is going on i love the um there's a, just a great double-sided scene here where this is where after he initially is talking to lloyd and essentially imagining him, as far as we know at this point, at least, right. and drinking the imaginary alcohol. Wendy comes running up to him and, Jack, there's a there's a guy in the, po- there's a woman in the hotel room. She strangled Danny. Danny saw him. Yeah. Have you lost your fucking mind? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, bro, you were just, you were just taking imaginary shots of Jack Daniels, dude. Right. Like, who's your, who are you throwing stones and glass white man's here? burden. <laughs> What the fuck are you talking about? Uh, the the use of vulgarity in this in this movie is so yeah. it's so guttural and just and just just done exquisitely. I love it. So let's talk about the room two thirty seven scene. Yeah, it's another kind of famous scene. At least this is like this is my I think my earliest memory of The Shining because it's like I'm I'm in like fifth or sixth grade and some classmates dipshit dad let their kid see it. And he's like, yeah, there's, you know, there's a naked woman in it. We're all like, whoa. <laughs> like, but then she turns to this nasty old lady and, ah. <laughs> like, oh, God, she's like rotting. I'm like, oh, uh, it's going to be a while before I actually watch this one. <laughs> but, you know, even like the relevance now, like we talked about, like that scene is plays a part in the movie a couple years ago, Ready Player One. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we, we've got to mention that Ready Player One. Chris, have you seen Ready Player One, the, the Stephen King? Uh, the Stephen King. Steven Spielberg movie? I think I have. Is it- Excellent book, disappointing movie. So what about what's the connection? So the it's they're in like a virtual world type thing, and yeah. they have to, and in the movie they go into um, a shining world, and they have to figure something out. And oh. one of the guys gets lost, and he accidentally he doesn't know the shining, so he goes into room two thirty seven. Oh. That's funny. Yeah, they essentially okay. have to enter a virtual reality version of the Overlook. Yeah, oh. and survive to complete a, a task a- to win a game. Oh, I didn't cool. hate. The film. I, I I didn't read the book, but I didn't hate the. It, I like the movie, but the book is great. You know, and you know how I react to like over the top CGI, and the movie is absolutely well, over the top CGI. But it's purposeful. It's, it's perp. It's kind of the point. At yeah. The end it like at the end of the movie, like one of the kind of the messages of the movie. So I'm not I'm not spoiling anything. But one of the messages of the movie is, is like let's let's pull un- back from unplug. That. Let's unplug a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that was done very purposefully. So I think yeah, that's not it's more of like fear of virtual reality. Yeah. We should talk about the ending here. And where where we're left with this film, and then I think then then from there we can kind of segue into into the the room quote unquote room two thirty seven talk and the and whatnot before we do the awards and whatnot there. But what do we make of the ending here? It's it's a cryptic ending. It's notably cryptic. There's been decades of discussion over this one. Crystal, you go okay. First. So I'll, I'm going to tell you what I have, I initially I how I always naturally interpreted it without really thinking about it. 
and then I'll, you know, maybe go or maybe I'll let you guys go into like the other alternative. Um, I always thought there was more of a reincarnation thing going on where like the caretaker is always going, he's going to come back again and again and again. So like it was, and it's going to be the same, you know, it's, it's Nicholson, right? Because you see him in the picture. It's always going to be the same. He's going to come back though. It's going to be him. And then he's, he's dead. And there'll be another one in 20, 10, 20 years, whatever. He's going to be the next one. That's how I always thought about it. Um, I guess it could be a, a thing where, where, he gets absorbed by the his soul gets absorbed by the the hotel. I don't know what mm-hmm. you guys how you guys interpreted it. It's it's an odd ending for sure. There's no way to watch this thing and get the end of that and be like, oh yeah, okay, it's that's obviously oh, that's this. what it is. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's not um, that. Joe, how about how about you? Yeah, I've um, always stayed in the reincarnation, like the overlook. The, the entity takes. Like there's over always the, going to be one of them, right? Like, coming and, and going. You know, as I've gotten older, and you know, something I've never talked about on this podcast before is trauma. never never but how kind of untreated trauma and how it becomes so prevalent and just lasts with you and stays stuck with you it's generational and generational and that's kind of where i've fallen at it now where that thing that we haven't treated now what is that going to do to danny yeah and that's how i've that's how gonna do to his kids and his kids exactly until someone stops the literal a cycle of abuse and so that's where i started like he's in there that's good but it's it's the traumatized nature of it and that's yeah. that's where i'm at now it's, it lives on i mean i think that's the underlying theme exactly it lives on from generation to generation and yeah. because of just the alcoholism and the domestic violence stuff it's so prevalent that to me, it's like oh shit all right yeah joey just nailed that yeah that's what it is and and that's <laughs> that's pretty close to to what my thoughts were a little and you know this is kind of one of the first times where i've really sat down and thought about it. as i said it's a yearly watch for me but it's when i get to the end of this thing i'm usually like oh, i don't love it <laughs> I want to sit here and analyze this last shot. I, I kind of view it in terms of addiction and in terms of how how people say um, they're never recovered, but they're, they're recovering. recovering. Right. And he, and and Jack kind of lost the battle with that. Yeah. And and the um, the addiction overcame him. And and it, and it, he's there with the hotel, and he'll always be there with the hotel. You were always the caretaker. And his family has moved on. And his son and his daughter got in the red snowcat and escaped and exited. And he's there. And because he was unable to properly deal with his own personal demons, and whether that's alcohol addiction, drug addiction, anger. Like you said, so many different things. Yeah, you you said it better than I did, (laughs) Joe. Joe, you're you're a little more qualified in this this little avenue. But um, I'm looking at that. Wonderful artwork that you put together, Chris, of, of Jackie staring it's at me and explaining his uh, his <laughs> life thesis here, and it's freaking me out. Sorry, <laughs> but you know, Kieran, like what we're, you know, what we're all saying, um, I as we're all talking, all I'm thinking about is your quote of the movie, yeah, and how as bad things happen, it stays, and with the overlook, it really stays. Unless yeah. you have the shiny, you see it, and just how if you're not paying attention, how this the addiction, the negativity really becomes all engulfing. But you guys both use the keyword in reincarnation because this struggle doesn't go away right it mm-hmm. comes back well again it's it's also generational it's yes. passed on it can be passed 100%. on yeah i was just listening to you guys talking i was thinking you know kira and i i don't want you know my guys talk about the person but that we know somebody who drinks and has chosen the drinking over their 
family or whoever else, their loved ones. They, they the drinking is the most important thing. And let me tell you, like in this movie, I think there's, yeah, I think Stephen King, in the writing, of this was speaking to that, like mm. that. In this case, Jack chooses, you know, it's insanity in this case, but I think he's refer- he's talking about the addiction. He's choosing the addiction over the family. Yeah. Right? Like, I think that's the, the again, underlying stuff that's going on in the story. Yeah. And how about the scene where he's with his son, where the son goes to get the fire engine and it's, you know, don't you love this place, Danny? Like, isn't it great? Right. This kid's like, mm, no, sorta, it's not I great. Guess. <laughs> I don't know. And I'm not going to be honest because I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. The more we're talking and the more, you know, the more I see the movie is it really speaking to like that. The moon landing. <laughs> this is why I hate conspiracy theories. It takes away from the depth that's yeah, there. Yeah, right. It didn't need much. I, again, it's just it's just because people hold Kubrick at such a high you know, in high regard, and like nothing he does is uh, is by accident. It's like, well, yeah, probably by accident. Some yeah. of it's probably by the accident. couch moved by accident because he took two thousand takes. Yeah, the, the chair moved by accident. Maybe the the window was in the wrong place. You know, there's some yeah. shit going on. You know, that, they've been that, doing this for for thirteen months. They've done enough, right? Right. We, exactly. We're done. Before we do the, uh, we're, we're gonna head to the nitpick zone of The Shining, which I can't wait to do. This is gonna be fun. To room two thirty seven. Let's get let's get the thoughts out okay. now. The the conspiracy thing. I don't. Th- I got the impression that none of the three of us really think very highly of it. Um, Chris, you watched it for this. I I've seen it before and I kind of forgot completely about it. Kieran and I know we had a conversation with a group of people and I kind of was like, oh yeah, that's cool. That thing's cool. And then I watched it again. I was like, oh, this is a lot of it's very very stupid. It's dense nonsense. There there isn't. It's not completely. There's well, some stuff in there. This is kind of more what I wanted to ask you about is because you said that to me before we started. What what are the what are the little things that stood out that you that you thought were were intriguing? Okay, so. The Native American theme, I think, is is undeniably in there, and the blood being the blood of you know the the hotel was yeah. built on the on the the Native American burial ground, the, the Native American art all over the place, uh, strategically placed the cans. I, I all I know this to be true because I've seen footage of Kubrick moving those cans in certain directions on purpose. Like there's a reason that stuff is there on purpose. Like, so he's speaking to uh, colonialism, I think, and us trying to, you know, white us being white people exterminating native Americans. That's in there. That's, I think that's, is that, would you guys consider that like a fact? Yeah. I mean, because I've always taken the blood in the elevator as the blood of the native Americans who were killed for. There's a ton of other, things in there that like would suggest that that's what he's talking about. But I don't right? think that's a conspiracy theory. I think that's part of what the storytelling is. That, like, I mean, Karen, would you consider my, that a fact? My explanation of that is is that the hotel being on burial ground, yeah, which is in the source material, this is Kubrick commenting on that. And, and it's and not the meaning Stephen of Stephen King is no, also but I think it's really a, into that as well. He's done Pet Cemetery is the same right. deal. It's, yeah, that's it's it. So but I it's don't, a thing in the movie though. Right, cuz I think it's him this is like he's like all right. I have an avenue to make a little bit of an, he's of a comment. Right. He's doing it with imagery. He's which not doing great. it with words, awesome. which is yeah. what we get today. Everything right. today is like when you have to comment on something, you have to have a character spell it out and say it, yeah. and have me roll my eyes. You know, like this is this is imagery, and it leaves room for conversation, which right. is so much better, as Joey says, than telling someone what right. you think, telling someone what they should think. L- create something and leave room for conversation, and yeah. I think that's what he does. With yeah. That. yeah. Uh, what about the Holocaust stuff? Because I th- that is also kind of in there. There's a lot of eagle imagery, tons of it, enough to make me think. I that think that's, that's a big stretch. Do you? Yes. Because 
I, that's I one of my least favorite ones. Okay, really? Yeah. Right. I think I that's know. just it seemed plausible to me. I that think that's would... just taking things that are in there and making enough connections that it's. But I think no. Hmm. Karen? Like I don't know that I have a, a a developed opinion on this. What 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 specifically go, go with me with this? Because I, I turned off room twenty two thirty seven okay. a this, few years ago. This doesn't okay. <laughs> this doesn't come just from that. I, I've watched I watch a lot of uh, other other stuff on this. Uh, there's the the typewriter is the one they talk about a lot. It's a German typewriter. The eagle symbol. The eagle symbolizes like state like state power. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a German. Uh, symbol. It's also, I think, an American symbol, obviously, uh, for state authoritarian power. We do get the uh, the U.S. flag a few times, and the Colorado state flag, by the way, too. Oh, so there was okay. a those imagery of both, but don't yeah. going. And and it, it comes up a lot. It's on Nickel on Nicholson's shirt. It's on Dan the Eagle mm-hmm. on Danny's shirt on the typewriter. It's it's all over the hotel. Couldn't that be an American symbol though? It, or what does yeah, it, have to be a, it could be, but it, it's it, well specifically the the I think the typewriter is what people considered to be the the, the, the eagle's pretty important to america it is as well but it's also there, there's some german references in there mm-hmm. too um again this but is, what is might, the point? this may be a stretch but also there the, is um a- the the luggage is there there if you watch it and watch it scene by scene big piles of luggage show up in the in the hotel lot and if you've seen footage of like the holocaust uh people that okay. were 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 murdered their luggage was just thrown in big piles it's a reference to yeah. the holocaust so interesting I, knowing kubrick i can see that he potentially did that i like, this time purpose. around i i noticed emphasis on the luggage too but yeah. i viewed that as as signs of get out exit leave right, bad right. things are about to happen that impending that's where i'm at too. pack your bags and go just like the exit sign do not enter emergency yeah. like there was everything in red it's like it's like it's telling it's like good fighting evil okay. to, like yes this hotel is bad it's it's gonna it's gonna consume you but we're t- we're trying everything we can to tell you to leave to defend this one la- i'm not really defending because i don't know if it's true or not i'm just putting it out there it's not only in that documentary and in the stuff i've watched and read it's also like on the Wikipedia page of the movie, it's a big section is the Holocaust. So like I, mm-hmm. it is widely considered to be yeah. in there. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't put it past Stanley Kubrick to maybe that's what have I'm, that's my point like that in there. Um, but what is the point he's trying to make? Well, I don't know. I'm not Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> yeah, but it's, I mean, <laughs> but I think that's the he's issue with this one. There's no payoff to it. Right. Well, he's talking about state power, colonial, like you know, white people. You know, murdering. Yeah. So other, it's, it's, you know. In, it's in conjunction with the yeah. So with I think it's the, in, with the Native American. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, okay. And then the other stuff is like the 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 impossible window, and there's a bunch of other things that are it's like CIA experimentation stuff. Oh, what's the Minotaur? What? What's the deal with the Minotaur? Okay, so Danny's, Danny's Theseus fighting the Minotaur in the labyrinth. Okay. It's because there's a fucking maze and a good guy and a bad guy. It's, and the picture of the skier looks like a minotaur. That's the like CIA that. part two. That's ridiculous. I mean, because, the, you know, oh, there's a there's a poster of people skiing, but they were told there was no skiing. So that must mean the CIA is experimenting. No, it's fucking Colorado. Somebody put up a picture of a skier. Right, and then no like, one took it down. Up. Yeah. So, uh, so, Joey, do you think the window is just like, uh, like a continuity error, like just... It doesn't. They didn't even think about the fact that. So I don't think someone was the, sitting the there idea, laying out the architecture. I think it made sense there. And then but it, but a lot of people would say that he's his attention to detail would dictate that he is into the 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 architecture of the building and like that he did that on purpose. Like 
so the office of the the hotel manager has a big beautiful picture window with trees which outside, is, doesn't which is, is lands in the middle of the hotel right which wouldn't make any sense mm-hmm. i think it just at the worst the best case it just it it it's give it's disorienting you yeah you know which which in this hotel i have a hard time with that one cuz i see yeah. both sides of it because there's definitely a meticulous nature to the pov camera style they're using in right. in navigating the hotels to think that Kubrick wouldn't be lazy with something like that office, but there is part of me that just thinks that they needed a well lit room to film a scene, right? And that big window right. created a like that was just kind of like, and it was like no one's gonna, and no one's like, gonna think that the structure, no and jerk like, off on Reddit, it's gonna sit here and yeah. draw out a fucking so, map of this. Place. Yeah, but like, like, like the fact that they they were detailed enough to put like a Carl Jung book on the desk, and like there's stuff that is I see both purposely there. I see both. Sides I don't of it. see how they would miss. This I one I have know, a harder time with. I do know that when I when I watch the movie and start to try to map out the topography of the lobby and the rooms, I, I my head starts to hurt, and I, I just like I just right. watch the movie, you know, like so. I, I it there are people who get into that, and I I admire them for it, but I don't, you know, I don't know that that fully entices. Okay, what about m- my mind? What about the playgirl <laughs> and the sexual abuse of Danny? That I think is. Legit. Yeah. I actually... I don't. Don't like that. I don't either. D- D- the fact that when Danny talks about Tony, oh, he comes in the back of my... Comes from my mouth. That he hides uh, when you're around. That he doesn't talk when you're around. The fact that he... There's such an emphasis on him coming from the mouth hmm. is where that really hits with me. And and I guess... it. So I forget where I've seen this now, but the thing that... The bear, the bear guy and the blowjob... Apparently there was some sort of connection. At, I don't know how with Danny and that guy in the bear suit. Like that, that could be Danny. I mean, there's sex parties in the book, so the source material has a sex party. Right. So once I read the book, that made more a little more sense to me. But it is uh, very randomly in the movie, right? And um, so I he's of, using that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I I kind of interpreted the Playgirl like Playboy and Playgirl back then was different. It wasn't Playboy wasn't considered necessarily like completely pornographic it was a it was a it was a magazine that people like regular people read stuff in it, yeah. it had mostly articles i mean it was in the insane. lobby of a hotel of a hotel yeah like, but i don't think it's as inappropriate as it, it we would find it was later in the, on it was in the dentist's office in seinfeld you know <laughs> that's right <laughs> you know because the, the i think where this theory kind of goes off the rails is they talk about what happened in 237 wasn't an old woman but it was Jack going back to sexually abusing Danny. Right. Yeah. But again, and that's why is, he's that's why when he goes back to the room after searching it, he says, No, 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 nothing happened. This is a tough part that I have with it though, is that the woman in the bathtub is a fleshed out character in the book. This is not like Kubrick didn't right. come up with that. Like there is a woman. Well, that's why I said that's where this goes off the rails. There is a woman who ODs in a bathtub right. who she was oh. like a she would get like different boy toys. Like she was like a, a very wealthy woman who was unmarried and get different young men. To come to the hotel and and sleep oh, with her, okay. and she was like this kind of thing, and then she eventually OD'd, and they found her months later rotting in her bathtub, and oh, then she comes gosh. back and encounters Jack as she goes back there. So it's like, it's not like Kubrick was like came up with that for symbolism. He's using elements of the book to put right. it in there. Now, is he taking that particular character and then projecting her to a different, so idea a very sexualized a character though? Yeah, so. no, I and again. 
I'm cool with that interpretation. Sure. It's not mine. I don't, and, and, and I was looking out for it this time. I don't view Danny as someone who was sexually abused. I, I don't, that's not what I get out of The Shining. I'm open to the conversation about it. And, and that's, to me, that's the beauty of The Shining is that there's different avenues to look at it in that way. That's a conversation we can have about this, you know, the, sure. the next time around, you know, so that that's the cool part about this is that we can sit here and talk about this and come up yeah. with those different things. Well, are we going to do The Shining-er? The Shining-er, that's right. Yeah, 2020, <laughs> 2027. We the return. re-shining. The return to the overlook. Okay, it's time to enter the nitpick zone. Here we are. Okay, the nitpick zone. Uh, you both kind of said you don't really have a whole ton of a lot. I have a lifelong one. Can I get it right out of the yeah, please. I'm, do I'm it. One of you has it. Please. And it's like this is a nitpick I've had long before BPC ever existed here. Jack Daniels is not bourbon. bourbon. It's not <laughs> bourbon. Bourbon is whiskey from Kentucky. That's right. Jack Daniels is from Tennessee. If a bar, if you order bourbon at a bar. And the bartender pours you Jack Daniels. You have it well within your right to stand up and leave that bar. Kieran, can I give you what it should have been? Should have been Maker's Mark, right? Um, I would say so. Jim Beam would be another. Uh, I mean, yeah, if okay. we're talking to like mainstream, equivalent, yeah. Um, but Maker's would have made more. Maker's would have made sense. It's it's a high end. It's a high end hotel. Maker's is probably the one they that, have. Uh, probably. Yeah, but I just Especially I just wonder. Is Makers around in the 70s? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very okay, much so. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But the inner Jack Torrance in me just wants to go yeah, take my axe out and go crazy with it. I mean, that was one of mine, not... so. No, it's, yeah, it's, but that it's is the worst. God, that's bothering I, it me. Bothered, it bothers me, too, actually, yeah. now that you say that. It's such yeah. an easy thing to not happen. Well, that's yeah. a typical wannabe Brit. Just get, the, or why <laughs> not, a wannabe Brit, and he's just not Why not just say whiskey? Just give me a whiskey. Just be, keep, it, keep it bland. And this goes back to, for someone who's so obsessed with details and meticulous with details like that's a major error you know so yeah. i think we can wager to say maybe he made some other errors yeah. in this right because that's an easy one like I mean, somebody on, was like hey man drives me crazy yeah it's bad that's true now that you say that it's pretty yeah. awful no, should have been should have been makers i got one cool i'm married to a child psychologist danny is uh acting a fucking fool dude they have a fucking psychologist come in and she's like, yeah, he's fine. Like, don't worry about it. He's got he's talking with his finger. He's got a little man. That There's a in guy his mouth. in his mouth and in his tummy. <laughs> like, no big no, nothing to nothing to see here. Like, what wait, what? One of the all-time worst therapists, like like doctors, I mean, therapists, anything in movies. I mean, we bitch a lot uh in my house about the depiction of of therapy. And it it listen, it's gotten a lot better it, uh the this in this day and age. Uh, starting with the Sopranos, it, it gets it starts to get better. But now nowadays, the depiction is pretty good. But back then, Brutal. man, was it bad. And that's why I it, I think it largely contributes to people not trusting therapists or not wanting to get therapy because they've seen the depictions of it, and it's like like this, like God, yeah, particularly in like the seventies, you know. And you know, this movie comes out in nineteen eighty, but it took them goddamn three years to to come up with this, maybe right. more. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, I'm, I'm sorry. If my kid is acting the way Danny is, I'm I'm putting him right in a fucking institution, dude. He's gone. He's 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 having vision seizures. Well, to be fair, he is also just just he's like gifted. He's not. Nope. 
he's a nut. <laughs> Put him away, baby. No, I'm, I'm sorry. Danny is nuts, dude. Like, I, I'm saying, I obviously we know it through the movie that he's not nuts. But if I'm a therapist, I'm like, dude, this kid has serious fucking problems. I mean, that therapist is just ignoring everything. Oh, he's, she's literally like, he's. That's fine. It's it's not a. Big It'll thing. go away. Come play with us, Danny, <laughs> forever and ever. Segway to my next she, one. He's calling his mom Miss Mrs. Torrance with his finger. Mrs. Torrance. Fuck it um, out of oh, here. Uh, 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 segway to the next one here. Why are there so many British people working in this Colorado hotel here? What like oh, Grady takes I, his family to Colorado and they're all British? What? I mean, well, I know the, I know the real life answer. Well, yeah, that's the real life answer is that this was filmed in England largely, and they hired British people. Oh no no. I, I... That's not what I meant. I meant... <laughs> well, I mean, within, that, that is the answer. Within the movie... <laughs> within the movie, they hired a British family to come and take care of the hotel. That's reasonable. No. In Colorado in the 1920s. Is it unreasonable? Yes. Why? I think it's odd. that And that Lloyd has a British accent, too? Yeah, okay. Now you're getting somewhere, yeah. Right. So, like, some 1910, he's just been hanging out there? There's multiple British people working in the scenic hotel in Colorado. It's not well, upstate New York. British people are substantially more creepy than we are. <laughs> That's the thing. Come play with us, Danny. I mean, the, the accent is creepier. I mean, would you disagree? Have some tea and crumpets with us, Danny. <laughs> I mean, it's better than, like, a Long Island accent. Yeah, you don't you don't want to say I had to correct them in, like, a Staten Island accent. That's a different right. yeah. Yeah, you had to correct them, you know? <laughs> the, you know, my wife was doing a thing, and I was doing my thing, and, you know, one of the kids tried to burn down the hotel, and that was them. that. Yeah, I corrected them both, too. I mean, only one of them tried, but hey, you know, pff, figured the twins, they both got to go, you know? And the wife stopped me. I mean, I, listen, I got all caught up in the moment. What do you want me to do? Hey, yeah, forget about it. I mean, you just answered your own fucking question, dude. <laughs> like, right. Obviously, they have to be British. Well, they're... They're twins, but Ullman tells us that they're eight and ten. So which one is it, guys? Uh, yeah, Yo, Adriana. <laughs> should they be? Yeah, should they be from fucking Boston? Yo, dude, I told this fucking dude over here, Tone, Tone. You know, I was right at the Adriana. Snorted some H, Tone. You know what he always say? Oh God. Okay. Um. Any other nitpicks? Yeah, you're you're living in this hotel for five months and you're carrying your wallet around. <laughs> Joey, that is a world class nip. That's fucking fantastic, dude. That's pretty funny. That's amazing. There's no world. I never would have thought of that. That's fantastic. No world where that's happening. I don't want to carry my wallet, and I'm at your house. Like if I could not have a wallet on me, I'd be golden. So that that's always bothered me, dude. That's amazing. I love that. Anything about Dick Halloran's trek back? Do we want to? No, it's Scatman. No. Scatman defies. Logical okay with them issues. driving that that car in the snow that's for twenty five miles on a pass. Gonna that's... skid all over the place. The, 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 the Green Book, uh, the Green Book nitpicks we had with the car in the in the snow. <laughs> yeah, well, no, Scatman. No, right. That thing's made for the snow. Okay. Uh, I... Also, that Jack's car is not carrying that amount of luggage there, but that's... <laughs> the little beetle. Yeah, like that's not carrying five months worth of piled <laughs> luggage. Oh uh, boy. Okay, I, I'll end on this one. My boy Ullman here in the beginning. The bedside manner. The Telling him about the Grady murders. I mean, what? it's a little rough. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, wait, wait, um, Karen, Karen, hold on, hold on. Before you go, I have I know on that. Wait, wait, ready? Hotel manager has no chill. <laughs> is what I wrote. <laughs> but the, oh, um, there's one little thing. Yeah, previous caretaker. He, 
he kind of ran amok. Yeah, <laughs> so he introduced it. He ran amok. It's like, okay, what, what, it, like, how so? Ah, you know, chopped up his wife and daughter, little pieces, <laughs> you know, stacked them neatly in the corner, though. It was neatly stacked. It was neat. It was neat. It was neat. Yeah, the old timers, they call it a uh, cabin fever. You know, what can you say? <laughs> dude, dude, you're not like explaining like the dent on the side of a used car, you know? <laughs> yeah, it sort of ran amok. No, I, I definitely <laughs> thought the same thing clearly. I wrote it down. Also, I, I noticed on my, to go back to my other nitpick, um, I just realized I wrote this. Is this child therapist smoking crack? Question mark. Danny is fucked up. <laughs> But yeah, Kieran, I totally noticed yeah. that, that the hotel manager is like, just drops the bomb on him like, oh, by the way, no big deal. Just thought I'd mention fucking fit. I don't know if this is a deal breaker <laughs> Father for killed yeah. his whole family. Not a big deal. The it's isolation was, drove him yeah, to it. Yeah. But you'll be, you'll be great. You I, like your family. I didn't want you to find out from someone else, you know, like. Stacked them neatly in the corner. Uh, you know, I mean, I, you know. Listen, he was polite about it. He is British kind of thing that people want to know about you know like i say awards here we go mvp the shining let's get it done joey give it to me jack, jack all Hicks. the way i love everything he does here i think he makes the movie i don't know that anyone else could have done it i'll, I'll echo it uh, also my mvp uh I, I i think in a movie that is really uh held on a pedestal for its iconography it really starts and ends with jack Nicholson, it really does. Uh, you know, the, some of the people they talked about doing it: De Niro, um, Superman, uh, Reeves, you know, yeah, Reeves, Robin Reeves. Williams, Robin Williams. Was I think one. Robin Williams could have done it. I, think I, I do think that De Niro could have done it too. But yeah, I, just, I do as well. It's just hard to envision anyone else. Well, did and you hear what, uh, the, what the exact reasons were? He thought De Niro wouldn't be crazy enough. They thought Robin Williams would be too crazy. <laughs> that's actually, yeah, that's actually amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, exactly right. I, I don't like what it would have done to Robin Williams' career from that point on, though. I, I, there's a part of me that really would love to see that. That it might have evolved into something else that we didn't know. I could don't be know. I mean, you know. Have you guys seen One Hour Photo? Yeah, I love. Uh, I, mean, I am a huge, huge One Hour Photo. Me too. Fan. And I, it's a oh, god, man. It's a, not a movie that's easy to watch. Or nor does do most people like but he's it. He's brilliant in it. He, absolutely, Joey. I agree, ten thousand percent. It's one of those movies. I think I, I I would would beg people to watch. It's so what an interesting movie. But I still don't think at this point in his career he was ready for that. Well, no, I I, I, I it's, don't it's know. just it's an interesting conversation because it undoubtedly would have altered. Oh yeah, his career. You know, would and he have I, had? Would he have been able to film Popeye with uh, Shelley Duvall? I don't know. I think it could have. <laughs> I would have had a different tone. I think it could have been incredible. <laughs> I, 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 I think he could have. I, I think he could have done it. I really do. So, not that you've asked me, but I'm going to. Chris, give, your MVP. Yeah. I'm going to give my MVP. Yeah. Um, it's got to be, for me, it's got to be Kubrick, man. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're talking about this movie today without his vision. I, I just. It, it would be one of those movies like, ah, oh, that's a cool, that was a cool, maybe that was a cool thing. I don't know. Well, we wouldn't be talking about it like we are now. I think it's 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 a beautiful piece of art, and only through his vision would it be possible. I I agree with the MVP, and I I love the choice. I don't know that I I 
totally think that we wouldn't be talking about The Shining without him. But we wouldn't be talking about it to the degree because I mean, like, I think we might be talking about it like we're talking about like a pet cemetery, or we're talking about because it still was that. So Stephen King. So like, imagine pick uh, more of a middling director took it and did something with it. There's no way it would have been like The Shining is in. I mean, so you're you're saying you're equating it? It would be like Christine, right? Correct. Yes. Yes. But I mean, like, nobody's talking about that. It would not be in the. It would not be in the world's vocabulary. No. Yeah. Not even close. It just wouldn't be like. I think that's the other choice. I think it's one of the two for MVP. Yeah, no, it's oh, a great, definitely yeah, it's, it's a one of the two. Yeah, I oh, think course, it's awesome. Of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying, it's not like it's not like The Shining would just would have been like a non-entity lost, like yeah. lost to the world. Lost yeah. to the yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it did it did have the 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 novel behind. It's Someone would have Stephen picked it King. Up. But yeah, if George Romero directed it, or or you know, whoever, I, I don't know, who knows? But okay, LVP, Chris. We haven't talked about it much, and uh, I don't, you know, listen, I don't want to, like, beat him up or anything, but I, I do think Danny is the weakest, uh, Danny Lloyd, I guess, is the, he was a kid. I, I feel like we could have, nowadays, we could have come up with a, a better kid actor to kind of do that role. It's fine. He's not the creepiest. Like, we needed a more, like, a creepier kid, and he, he's kind of cute and kind of... He didn't know he was in a horror movie. He didn't know he was in a horror movie. Yeah, they hid that from Kubrick him. Kubrick protected him. Yeah, he was very protective of him. And and I get all that. It just it, it could have been better. It could have been better. So and like again, I I'm not shitting on him because I love the movie and I think he's good. But like I think it could have been better. So I'm gonna pick him. Yeah, I mean that's a hard disagree for me. Um, just not my experience with it. I think he's ten out of ten for me. Oh, I, oh, I, wow. I love. Okay. His I definitely don't think this. No, I, I agree, Karen. Um, I don't think this movie works without him because I uh, think if he was too creepy, it. Doesn't I think work he needs in to bounce. Be, I think the emphasis needs to be he's gifted. Right, hundred percent. If he's creepy, he like belongs more with Grady and Lloyd than with yeah. Wendy and yeah. This is good the side omen. of things. This right. Well, I, I, I maybe creepy is the wrong word. Tortured, maybe because he is a little bit tortured. He just doesn't seem. He seems too well adjusted. Yeah, right. He seems well adjusted. Looked a little too J.C. Penny for you. Yeah, for me. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm fully in on Danny. Yeah, in I'm, this. I'm in oh, on Danny too. Danny's yeah. a ten out of ten for me. Yeah, but. I mean, listen, it ain't easy picking an LVP in this at all. Like, this is the I, hardest I've I had ever a had. Moment, I had a moment last night where I was like, there's no LVP. Yeah, okay, I, mean, I, I had a fully cop-out bullshit LVP. I have one, too. Yeah, I have one, too. I, which, I pulled, I'll t- which, I'll, which I'll tell you th- This isn't my recast or anything, but like the kid that played Will in Stranger Things, like a young version of him, would have been a great... I agree with that. I think okay, that's a great. Danny. I think that's a great. Yeah. That's great. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that, that, that He has this, qu- this kind more, of tortured... Yeah aspect to him but he's still cute and kind we're of we're spoiled by some kid acting today. that's what right. i'm saying the kid acting has improved so much 100 yeah it's it, a different world yeah yeah for yeah. sure okay joe what's your cop out lvp first my cop out mvp was lvp was kubrick and um king not getting along yeah oh, but dude that's that great is yeah. not a bad answer no that's that a is great answer. not a bad answer because that's a major distraction surrounding this movie it really is yeah but it, I, I love that answer. Uh, yeah, it's a good answer. Oh, really? So I, I thought that I, was like bullshit. I hardly, oh, I love it. I hardly ever give a real answer to this question ever. If you, <laughs> you notice, finally do, and we're like, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This was the first time I felt like I wasn't giving a I, real answer. I usually give 
the answer Joey gave, but it, it's a really good one. I agree. Oh, all right. It so sucks. I feel better about it then. It's kind of like really what's no, hard that's, it's kind of like fantastic. what's aged badly, and it has like it, it sucks. My my cop out answer was the critical reception to the movie. <laughs> that's actually <laughs> like fuck you guys, dude. Right. Like, well, you're just gonna bury a movie that's gonna everyone's gonna love as a masterpiece. It makes you wonder, like, how many movies actually got buried that people didn't follow up on that actually could be great. That things, actually got you know? lost. But, that isn't an actual the, the movie though. Yours yours is because it's the, both the makers of it. So I I love that. Okay, so mine is uh, and I feel like I've done a nice job, not a perfect job, like a seven out of ten job of separating myself from the source material for the sake of this podcast. But this is a character that I can't because I really out of all of Kubrick's vision and on all the characters in in the source material to the movie, the one that he really got wrong is Ullman. I mean, it, Ullman is a major character in the book, and he's is so he really? different. He's so uh, different. Who is that? The, the manager. The, the manager with the interview okay. in the beginning. Yes, yeah, Barry Nelson. Nelson. Yeah, it, it's it's just so different. Like, oh, they, like they're like not anywhere close. Yeah. I mean, in the book, it's this. And in and, and the first chapter, which just surprises me because the, cha- the first chapter is the one that drew Kubrick in. He's this stuffy, short, stocky really uptight uh guy that that jack in his head is looking at and he's like god i hate this guy like, <laughs> I, I hate that my life has come to this point that i have to sit here and try to impress this guy like like that's the first chapter of the book that's the first thing we see in jack torrance is like why has it brought me why has my life brought me to this point that i have to and this is i'm quoting the book here i have to impress this this is the part i'm quoting this officious prick this officious little prick <laughs> is this guy. And that's not the character no. that the movie shows us. And Ullman is this almost a used car salesman, right? right? He's like yeah, this yeah, like, yeah. good looking. He looks like... Um, He's very slick. Yeah, he looks like the guy... Uh, I should know the actor's name. He's and trying I don't to pull one oh, over oh, 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 Willard. Fred, uh, Fred Willard. From oh. Anchorman, yeah, he's got like a Fred Willard look yeah. to it. He's it's trying like, to pull. Hey. He's kind of trying to pull one over on him. Like, yeah, hey, yeah, this little thing happened, but no big deal. Hey, this job is great. You yeah, know? it's all good, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas, it's like, I'm going to sell you the house, but by the way, forty people were murdered here. Right, last right, week. right. And 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 the Ullman in the book is to cut the corners, get under budget. You know, hey, this this is this way. We're going to hire you. I don't really feel like hiring you, but you know, your higher ups have to. But here's what you got to do. It's this real like stingy, cheap. We're gonna make everything wow. work and patch this thing together and get it going. A true like middle manager, like wormy middle manager, and I, I think the movie misses that beat. Missing on that character is my LVP participation award. Participation award. You throw a little love to to someone here. Um, I'll go first because I don't think anyone chose this because it's a little a little odd. The hedge maze. Oh, very cool. Yeah, total original idea, a hard thing to pull off visually, structurally. I mean, obviously, they must have lucked into it somehow. It was kind of like, like oh, here's a... yeah, by. Yeah, I mean, there's no way they built it for the movie. It was probably like, hey, we got the opportunity to use this. Let's do it. I just think it adds such an element to this thing that it really... It's very cool. Yeah. yeah. Chris? I mean, I'm going to go with Scatman. Just like Love somebody's got to say it. You know, yeah, I'm like, on the same page. Scatman the whole way. Not the same movie without him. He's a calming force in the movie. He's the heart of the movie in a lot of ways. Mm. Uh, incredible. Just really great. Yeah. Makes me so sad that he was my LVP in episode two of Best Picture Guests and One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. That really makes me sad. Wow. But, well, yeah. When we do the re yes, Cuckoo's Nest. I'll, I'll fix that. I will, I will correct that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, you're uh, you're 
Scatman. Participation Award. Scatman too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. So it would. I mean, could have been a clean sweep. I, yeah. I tried to get a little creative. No, I, I really like your answer though, Joey. I changed my answer. The the snow cat. Yeah. Thank God for the snow cat, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, Look that's it. well, that's because of Scat Scatman. That's the purpose. That's of right. That's well, right. That's what, yeah. I I do like. People say like, "Oh, we spend all this time with Scatman to get back there, and he just gets killed." Like it's like, "Oh, but all that for nothing." Them. It's like, yeah, no, he, he literally he's yeah. the he's the embodiers. He's the reason they get out. Right. Yeah, they're yeah. dead if not for Scat. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yes. I just I, I want to throw this out there because I forgot to say this when we were talking about the ending. The writer Diane Diane Johnson was talking about a, a deleted scene from the film that kind of explains the photo at the end. And this was a, a somewhat recent interview, and I just read this article today and was super fascinating. I, I had meant to place it right there in the end, but here we are a little late. This is how we, this is how things happen sometimes. So there is a big deal in the book about him being enamored with this photo album and this uh, scrapbook from the, the hotel's past. And they did shoot a scene of Jack with this phone book, and you can even see the photo book on his desk at one point. And the photo book was supposed to serve as uh, what what they call uh, it's a little trope called like um, it's either called the po- the poison apple or the poison uh, the poison object. Right. Okay. Uh, in fairy tales or whatever. It's the, it's Greek the mythology. Thing, the yeah. Greek, the thing the Greek that plays. the thing that takes the the protagonist and turns them away from their their goals. And the photo book was was supposed to be that, and it was him getting obsessed with these photos. And in the book. It's supposed to be what his his story, what what he's writing is about. Like he's okay. going to write this fictional tale about a hotel that uh, has all this dark past, whatever. And then then Ullman finds out about it. And he's like, "You can't release this. This is where we will sue you." Da 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 da. Whatever. And I think they were going to do a, kind of a version of that, and Kubrick just abandoned it. And Diane Johnson was kind of like, "I wish that they kept that scene in because that's the end is kind of that." It's almost like the Hellraiser box, you know, the an- thing that it anchors. Right. The it, other it, thing. it consumes him, yeah. you know. It consumes him, and then he becomes part of the book, and then you can go with the symbolism from there. Oh, so interesting. that's really interesting. Yeah. So for those who who kind of you know read the book and this and that, so there there is a yeah. So I, I read that today and was really fired up because that is one of the things in the book that I was so like was so sucked in by is like him being obsessed, him down in the basement like with like a lighter reading this thing and them calling up and I'm like putting it away really quick like knowing there was some kind of guilty pleasure to it so it's so creepy the, the, the idea of a the idea of a building or a structure like pulling you in and and, and sucking you into its foundation is so creepy that's what it's, it's such a genius and it, idea. it's also based in like kind of i don't know if real life is the way but like we all know when like let, let, let's say there's a house that you want to buy and you realize like oh somebody like died in this house like it has an effect on you, like like that's kind of what he's saying about like it leaves a mark, right? Like yeah, uh, yeah. events leave, uh, you know whether they do in a scientific sense is is up for debate, but uh, they leave a mark. They leave, yeah, at least on our, in our in our minds they do. It's playing on something real, you know this this movie. We go next to scene of the movie. It's The Shining, man. There's like fucking every scene in the movie. It's <laughs> my scene of the movie. I mentioned it before, so I'll just say it again. Does him and Lloyd. You know, alone. Him and Lloyd alone. If I have to pick one, I love them again the second time. But if I had to pick one, it's him and Lloyd alone. Or that's just God. It's a Hall of Fame movie scene for me. Um, Chris. All right. Well, this is going to lead me to my quote too. So I'm going to do them all. Yeah. At the same cool. Time. Is do that it. Cool. Do it. Absolutely. And this is a scene that just I can watch. I've watched over and over again, and I laugh, 
and it's amazing. I and I can quote it, and I'm gonna quote it right now. Wendy, darling, light of my life, I'm not gonna hurt you. <laughs> you did let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in. I'm gonna bash them right the fucking fucking. I I just uh, so my quote of the movie. Yes, okay, both of you guys, dude. I love it. It's just everything about the the way it's shot, the performance, the uh the the written words, everything about it is goddamn phenomenal. It's it's just I could watch it over and over again, and I get such pleasure from it. I mean, I'll brilliant. casually watch her going to the typewriter all the way through dragging him into yes. the pantry like regularly. Yeah. I think it's so unbelievable. <laughs> like I can't I don't I don't blink, I don't turn away. I just want to be fully there. She's definitely a bit of a slap hitter. You know, she's not we're not getting a lot of exit velocity out of her swing. Like, she, like she's She's, she's gonna, gonna give him a slight. Even at one point, he's like, out. "Stop swinging the bat." Yeah, right. Yeah, she's not, uh, she's, she doesn't have a forty-five to fifty home run season. She's not chasing Roger Maris. He gets she's just yeah. straight up annoyed with her, like, "Stop swinging the bat!" Like, knock it off. Yeah, more of an eat your own, less of a less of an hour judge. But can I do one right now too? Just oh, since yeah. we're here, please. Okay. All right, Wendy. Let me explain something to you. That's my other favorite. Whenever you come in here and interrupt me, you're breaking my concentration. You're distracting me. It will take me time to get back to where I was. You understand? Now we're going to make a new rule. When you come in here and you hear me typing, or whether you don't hear me typing, or whatever the fuck you hear me doing, when I'm in here, it means I'm working. That means don't come in. Now, do you think you can handle that? That's so good. Good. Now, why don't you start and get the fuck out of here? <laughs> Dude, I mean, that's my second favorite. Oh, God, this is she. I, I talk about laughing out loud every time you see I, I, I can't help myself. I laugh Same. every time. It, it, it's, it's the specific part of that is when he, it's the way he delivers it when he's like, whether you hear me typing or whatever the fuck <laughs> you think you hear. <laughs> I love how he hits the typewriter. Yes. Tim, 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 Tim. Oh, dude! I talk about like the first time you see this, uh, like God, what a fucking aggressive asshole! And then the third and fourth time you see, it, you're like, <laughs> uh, dude! And then you learn what he's writing. <laughs> That's like, what I'm oh saying. yeah, and you realize that he's just, just insane. If yeah. if you're a normal healthy person and you watch that scene, you're probably like, this isn't funny at no, all. This is terrible. But if you're if you're us, it's hysterical. <laughs> You can't stop laughing. I, I I don't know why that her I find face it so when funny. he hits her face when he hits the get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah dude, it's just all time. She plays it. She really does play yes. that perfectly. Like yeah. she's kind of like just like doesn't know like shocked. She's Bring like, you some sandwiches. I ju- I just want to talk about the weather. Yeah, the, the weather looks like it's really gonna get nasty. Yeah, what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> <laughs> oh god okay um joey seen the movie oh you I had fire, the same one yeah yeah, yeah same one cool, just, cool 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 uh sorry d- yeah. t- dude joey we totally snaked Amazing. everything you were it is what doing. it is i listen it is what it is i like the reinforcements time machine recast take anyone any point put them in the shining joey you ready yeah um so i, I recast allman i wanted something to kind of bring us back to early days of horror. And I thought that Anthony Perkins as the manager of the Ooh. hotel would be awesome. Small part. Everyone would just see him as the hotel guy from, you know, we, we, we know him from a hotel, running a hotel. 
that's cool. Um, again, it doesn't really bring the heart of the character from the yeah, book. Yeah, I didn't, didn't know read about it. Any of that, that's fine. So, yeah. But I like that better than what we had. Now, are we doing? No, Anthony Park, his age, twenty years, or, or twenty years older. Than We're doing me. an older yes. Anthony Park. I love that. Yeah, I, I want really him twenty that's years cool. older than Psycho. Cool. Um, I recast the same character. Ooh. I have a bizarre answer that I think when you hear it, are you going true to the book? The listeners are, yeah, but the listeners are going to make a face and think I'm crazy. But I'm going to go to you first, Chris. So okay. I'm going to tease a little bit with that. Who okay. are you recasting? Oh, okay. I'm even though I do I do love the guy's performance and I think he's great. You know, I, I love everybody's performance, so I have to do somebody. I'm going to do the bartender, Lloyd. <sighs> I know I love him. It hurts. I, okay. No. No. Okay. It's a, a fantasy land. So you know, I, I I knew that this was going to be who you'd recast. I knew this was going to be a choice. Yes. You did. Yes, I did. I did. Well, obviously, you know who it's going to be. I do. Yeah. Hey, you want to say it? Well, I have a I have a coin flip of a chance. Yeah, I have a 50, so I'm actually I, have a 50, might, I, I might be wrong. Uh, it's John Carroll Lynch. Oh, yeah. You thought we were going to go Michael, Michael Shannon? Shannon? I did. Yeah, no, he's the bartender. A, he's too no, he, too crazy. He yeah. should be Jack. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I almost did that here, and I was like, no, he he yeah. he would have he if we, they're doing The Shining in 2022, it should be Michael Shannon. Yeah, wow. Uh, but I think it's John Carroll Lynch. Okay, he has that calm demeanor, that like dead eyed calm demeanor. He can have that, right? He, he, I could just picture him as the bartender. Your money's no good here. Does he have to do a British accent? Because everyone in this hotel was No, British. it would be even better. He wouldn't be British. Yeah. And he I, would know the difference I had to put between bourbon and whiskey. I think he w- John Carroll Lynch could play several characters in this movie. Like, he should be in this movie if yeah. he was younger or if he was older. He I'm in on this it. Movie. As we know, you will, from here's out, it will either be Michael Shannon Not or always, but, Lynch, when it, but when it works, you when said always. He hasn't changed. What, to be fair, it's been pretty much a calendar year he hasn't altered so it's, it's, yeah. it's, the yeah. commitment's been amazing uh i do i really wanted to fit michael shannon here but i i honestly the only the only jack. the only thing he was qualified for was jack <laughs> what about grady <laughs> not crazy enough shit michael shannon is out of his fucking mind dude like any character he's ever played is he's completely nuts so no can't work okay here we go recasting omen here so Again, remember the the image of we get in the novel is kind of this short, stocky, um, stuffy, sweaty, nervous character. Okay, so I have selected for the Omen role Wayne Knight. I have no oh, idea. Wayne who Knight, who you maybe better know as Dennis Newman. Nedry or Newman from Seinfeld. <laughs> the hacker yes. from. But you got to remember, he hasn't always been a comedic. I mean, yeah, um, the Jurassic Park role is slightly comedic, but he is still a heel in that. He's, he's the bad guy. We also have him in Basic Instinct. Yeah. You know, oh, so right. he, he has played some non-Newman-type roles. It's not all Space Jam, you know, him waiting on the on the sidelines of Space Jam. So I just think that he he could do this nervous, stuffy delivery of, you know, trying to explain the, the killings and just saying, all right, you know, but it's okay, you're going to take the job because you're recommended. Like, it's a very different energy going on there and um in 1980 we haven't seen Seinfeld so right. you know that's part of the idea with it too so it's it's an out of the box idea but i i part of me thinks it will would meet would meet in the middle ground you have to you explain the book i get it if you didn't explain that i would have thought you were nuts <laughs> i mean i might be nuts so yeah so that there, seems there we to go fit with the book cutting room floor 
All right, we know that a half hour is taken out of this movie. Was there any scene? Was there anything in this that you would pull out yourself? I won't do this. Um, no, I refuse. You even think that Kubrick himself was nuts for pulling stuff out? Yeah, I, I don't. I, there's not a moment in this that I don't think is is necessary in some yeah. way. Cool. In the few things that maybe are, I mean, would cut of thirty seconds. <laughs> you know, yeah. it wouldn't matter. I mean, listen, a half hour is cut out and promptly put right back in, and that yeah. cut was. You can't find today, so yeah, that's that could be evidence. I just alone. don't think there's anything to cut. Joe, anything? Yeah, like I don't think we needed like the interview. It's saying that, but that takes out. A no, half you a definitely oh, need man. the interview. See, I love those. No, no, no. The actual interview you the, do, like the, the title cards. The title wow, card. I don't think you... Joey, you are surprising me so much with that, man. Yeah, I just because I thought that was like so right up your alley. I, just... um, I have the title cards here. You want me to read them because because they, they are like I just thought that the the chaotic energy of it you'd love. Yeah. So it's. The interview, closing day, a month later, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, 8 a.m., 4 p.m. So each yeah. day is a day apart. So we go Tuesday, skip Wednesday, go to Thursday. Thursday, skip Friday, go to Saturday. Saturday, skip Sunday, go to Monday. Monday, skip Tuesday, go to Wednesday. Then 8 a.m., 4 p.m. I'm shocked, Joey. I thought that that would be right up your alley and no, just kind of bring me in. It kind of oh wow, yeah. okay. I yeah. think it, it just I adds love. to the the style of Kubrick. Yeah, know, like, I, I get it. Cards. I knew I knew I was a major, my, far minority on this, but. but he did yank some of the title cards in the in right. the, that next. I think two of them, like the. I think one of the times and one of the days. I just yeah. love how they do it too with the music. It's like bang, like it's like right. Yeah, do, do, do yep. that where there's like a. They're abrupt and yeah, yeah crazy. Yeah, abrupt. Yeah. It kind of like shocks you every time. Yeah. Oh wow, that's that surprises me a little bit. But yeah, cool, cool. Otherwise, um, I really have nothing else I would say. I, I would have tightened up the psychiatrist, uh, the uh, therapist scene in the beginning. I mean, it's just it's bad. So. Yeah, that could be that could be tightened up. I, I part of me wants to get rid of you it. You need some of it, but you need some of it. But maybe you could have done that in a different way. Or yeah. to me, I, I would be okay with just pulling it. But if not, just tightening up a little bit. I guess we're we're gonna ignore the uh, the dopey thing right on the door. Dopey. Oh, our, our, I like a good. I like a good Snow White reference. If we got that, Dopey's in the door. Do you, we have. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, where what, he's there and he's not there in the next scene. It's kind yeah, of new here, What do people right? say? That he's he. It's it, you see Dopey on the door, on his bedroom door, and then he has the vision of the 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 blood mm-hmm. in the in the, in the elevator, elevator. Uh-huh. and then the next scene was a therapist, and, and it's then gone. You see it, and it's gone. And people say that like he's, he was asleep. And then he he's not dopey anymore. He's awake. I'm like, wh- yeah. why wouldn't they use Sleepy, the fucking <laughs> character Sleepy? <laughs> Sleepy's there now. He's not oh there. Oh my god! Why Chris, would I they? Love you. Why would they not use that? That's fucking amazing. It's the I stupidest mean, thing I've yeah, ever heard. I mean, you know, Dopey does look different than the others, but that but Sleepy has a blanket, doesn't he? I mean, come on though. Or am I thinking like, of Linus from? Uh, I don't know. But don't yeah, know. that's pretty funny. That, yeah, that is pretty funny. That's the Chris, dumbest yeah. thing I've ever heard. Probably yeah, a continuation. A lot of Disney. Yeah, the I Mickey think it's shirt. continuity. You get the Mickey shirt at one point too. Yeah. Oscar reevaluation. Is there, like, looking back, if they could go back in time, where where are the areas that get nominees? Forget best, about wins. Just, best director, best actor, score, set design, score, set, set design, design. Art, art, and set direction. Yep. Fuck yeah. Score, absolutely. Uh, actor, director, picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Costume design, you could get. You, I mean, the on, fact on the that right there's year, the maze you could get away and with the tie. Like, there's so much in it. I think yes. Yeah, you could get away in a light year. You could get away with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. 
That's probably more of a stretch, but I think that fits. That's right on cue. Sound? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right Right on cue. Sound for sure. Wild. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. it, I think it, it reevaluation is a strong year. I mean, egregious that it's not nominated for uh, even some of those, you know. Yeah. Yeah, they just made a decision that they're like, "Oh, Kubrick's out of his mind on this one. We're not, de- we're not dealing with this." Yeah. Right? He went all out. Yeah. Bad fucking take. Yeah. Okay, so really, all we have left here is recommends, guys. So recommends for The Shining. Joey, we'll let you uh, go first here. So I think there's a super obvious one. Yeah, just, just do it. It's fine. I don't think it's what you're thinking. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> how, how obvious? So it's not could that it be? obvious. <laughs> no, I think it's very obvious. I don't know that. The Lighthouse. How the fuck is that obvious? How is that not a, it's isolation? Number one, it sucks. It does not suck. It's a very good movie. <laughs> Kieran hates that movie. No, it's so funny. Oh, I have not God. seen it. It's really right, good. Plug your upcoming 1001 by one episode. Yeah, it's, on uh, it's coming up, but I just think... Have you recorded it yet? It, no, it does. I have to say, it doesn't intrigue me. It really you, does. Uh, let's just, before you go into the lighthouse, let's do a full 1001 by one plug. It's it's uh, re-debuting in, in January. Yeah, Tell, so the people. January, Tell the people. January, um, 1001 by one is coming back. Adam, myself, and Brittany um, as the three hosts. Uh, first episode is Get Carter. Then we're doing Old Boy. Lighthouse is coming up soon. But um, yeah, I think Lighthouse is an obvious, just a movie about isolation and insanity addiction abuse there's just so many parallels to it that i think are just very obvious i was gonna go with clockwork orange but i just couldn't get away from it Mm. okay so go watch the lighthouse if you dare okay so for me a couple different ways i wanted to go but i'm ultimately gonna go with a bit of what i would consider a prequel to this movie in regard to jack nicholson and i think i'm speaking for stanley kubrick you know always a wonderful thing for anyone any amateur jabroni to do but i would like to think that that's one of the reasons why he was drawn to to jack for this uh for this role and uh it's uh, a movie that jack was in and did get a nomination for best actor and it's five easy pieces a really incredible character study I think it's like the forgotten Jack Nicholson movie. It's a, a 1970 release. <sighs> Man, it's it's such an incredible portrayal of someone who is struggling internally with their emotions, with their place in the world, with um, communicating with the the opposite sex, their family, the, the profession, the world. It it's just, and God does Jack Nicholson just do a masterful job of of embodying this character. Uh, I, I highly recommend this movie. To me, it is, it's, it's a must-see. It And again, a forgotten Jack Nicholson thing. Karen never Black. never gets talked about. No, Karen Black in that too. You know, you may know her for some Rob Zombie, uh, <laughs> Rob Zombie flicks. She's in the, the, the mom in... Uh, in uh, a Thousand Corpses. Uh, yeah, and, oh, well, and yeah, and, and uh, Devil's Rejects. Ugh. But yeah. Directed by uh, <laughs> Bob Ralphson. Uh, dude, it's, it's, it's an amazing movie. Chris, I think you would... Totally dig. Cool. I would love it. All right. Yeah, so five easy pieces. Nice. Yeah. Chris, recommend. I'm going to go with the obvious one because I think, I mean, if you like this movie, it's really a must is, uh, you know, Dr. Sleep. Yeah, the, really the actual obvious. <laughs> what? The actual obvious one. Yeah, the actual <laughs> obvious one. That's um, like connective. You know, I'm go it, with the obvious one. Um, the Devil's Rejects. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, you know, Dr. Sleep, really, if you like The Shining... It's really important. It fills in a lot of gaps. It filled in a lot of gaps for me, like uh, as far as questions you have 
from the story of The Shining. It really fills in a lot of blanks, and it's really well done. Mm. Mike Flanagan's amazing. I, I love you, McGregor. Like if if you like those people, you're gonna like it. It's really, really, really well done. And, yeah, uh, respectful to all of the the previous everybody the previous uh, uh, stuff that came before it. Yeah, redelves into the themes of addiction and, and alcoholism yeah. oh, and, and for dealing sure. with all that too. Yeah, so. It's respectful to the yeah. book. Oh, it's God. respectful to the movie. It's it's all of those things. Ewan McGregor's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Incredible in it. Yeah. Uh, highly recommend. Please watch the director's cut. Yes. <laughs> you may have to spend the $4 or, or rent it from your library Ooh, or whatever it is. It's on the tough. Blu-ray release. How much longer is it? Uh, it's almost three hours. It's almost three hours. It's oh, so it's like half But hour it is the... Yeah, I think it's exactly half hour longer. But it is the way to watch the movie. It's kind of like, for me, my other uh, yearly winter watch, The Hateful Eight. There's only one way to watch The Hateful Eight, and it's the four-episodic director's cut on Netflix. Don't watch the cut-down, watered-down theatrical stuff. Watch the director's cut. It's the way to watch the movie. And Mike Flanagan, who is a director who thrives in that episodic television format, the film is done in chapters that way too. So it's, it's to me, yeah, he, he's the, he's it, the haunting of Hill house guy. So if you guys like that, mm-hmm. you'll love midnight, midnight mass, right now. Midnight, midnight mass. mass. And what's the new one, Joe? Midnight club. Midnight club. Yeah. So. Have you watched that yet, Joey? Started. It's he's good. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Is it, fun. is that a Netflix thing too? Yep. Yeah. Okay. He's yeah. got to come up with a better title so we can, can keep just midnight. <laughs> oh Jeez. yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think, I mean, Bly Manor, I think, is the only one I wasn't, uh, I didn't love it. It has its moments, The last yeah. two and a half episodes really right. pulled me out of it. I hear you. So I had. I hear you. Yep. It had moments. It just couldn't finish. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay, guys, listen. We went to the Overlook. We found the snow cat. We made our way out. Poor, uh, poor Dick Halloran had to had to get slaughtered for us to, to <laughs> run loose. Poor but man. We may have to revisit the hotel at some point. Chris, right. you may not have left. You may always be there. You're in the Chris is front and center in the picture, giving two thumbs up. Right there. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, I won. I'm the winner. That's how Chris feels with some of the rankings episodes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Those I never want to return. This this place I might stay. Fourth uh, <laughs> of July, nineteen twenty one. But I, I have to say, we, we may we may have to come back. We may a, have to go back to room twenty seven. We may have to go back. Uh, yeah, maybe with bring our Grant Kate. Hardy with us. Kate, and, uh, we have to go back. Definitely, Grant. Yes, because <laughs> I, I, I think we, you know, as much as we covered, I think we, we scratched left a lot. The surface. We, we just left a lot on the, the table. Surface. Yeah, Chris, plugs. You're, you got your artwork going on. I this do. I, amazing I, I, stuff. It's a, it's a, a, it's a, a brewing thing you got going on. I do. Tell them I, about your Instagram handle, the whole deal. Okay. So I am doing a lot of uh, hand-painted art. It's all pop culture stuff. So TV, movie, music, sports. I do custom stuff. If you're into it, uh, you can just reach out to me. I'm on Instagram. Um, at popvultureartz is my handle on Instagram. And uh, I guess we'll take some pictures and post them. Oh yeah. There, and, uh, and you know, I'm not, I'm not glossing uh, things up or, or kissing asses here. This is next level stuff. It's amazing stuff. You're going to see the, the, the shining art that he's going to have. We'll put it on all, we'll put it on Instagram and put, I mean, this is stuff. This is going to be huge for you, Chris. This is oh, great thanks, stuff. Thanks, I mean, guys. it's, I appreciate it. it's uh, nice. you're, you're, a lot of it's on skateboards. Yeah, I do, I do. I do it. Wall I'm, art. And I'm, I'm, I'm Repurpose stuff, so I do skateboards, uh, old pieces of wood. Uh, you know, it's it's you'll see when when we post this stuff. But I, I 
I kind of use all sorts of different materials. Not, I, I do some stuff on canvases too, but um, yeah, it's it's. And Chris, you did a Buzz Lightyear one yeah. for, for Joey's son Cole, who, and he can't He's stop obsessed. talking about it. I yeah. mean, it, he loves it, and every <laughs> single person who comes over our house, he, first you have to come up to my room and see my Buzz skateboard, and every single person is blown away by it. My wife, who's an artist, went to art school; she's blown nice. away by That's everything awesome. you do. I mean, oh, thanks, you're doing top notch nice. work. Thank you, yeah. thank it's you, I awesome. appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, so. you're gonna you're gonna make a 2021 Braves uh, one for me, Absolutely, and, I, and I'm gonna man, show I'm everyone in. who enters my house it too. You know, I'm gonna say you gotta see it's this. My Look at Adam Duvall. <laughs> it's Adam Duvall. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, it, please follow him. You're gonna. I, I'm not. We're not over talking this here. Nope. You're not gonna like go and see like a stick figure with a smiley face. Like this is legit shit. This oh, legit thanks, shit. It's legitimately it. fantastic. Yeah. Like no, everybody's like, who did this? Yeah. Uh, Joey, you plugged your 1001 by one with with Adam over there. Uh, you had a little uh, the runner up to this tournament. Now the runner up contestant didn't make it here, which is a theme of the horror fest. Yeah, it's, it's just really like funny. the one one curse. There's you run her up curses. They don't. It's usually just Jay protesting. He usually finishes in second place, and he's like, "Fuck you guys." Um, <laughs> but this was granted; couldn't make it. So now three Harfest storms. The runner up has not made it. So wow. Scream fell second place. But you did do a little thing with Scream with Worst Picture Cast. Yeah. So Worst Picture Cast. So by the time this episode's released, it will be out. Um, Grant, myself, as always, and Greg, who was on Worst Picture Cast for um, our Star Wars rankings. We went, th- watched all the screams again, and we ranked all the Ghostface killers. Um, you know, there's nine of them, so we went nine to one. We had really fun discussions, and we also did a kills draft. So we looked at all the kills. I think there's about 38 kills throughout all of the Scream movies, and um, we each drafted three. We did a snake draft, as we always do here. So we're going to throw those up on Twitter for some, you know, see whose kills got did the best. Amazing. Um, Amazing. So it was a lot of fun. So that's worst picture that. cast. Um, thousand one by one. We have a lot of fun stuff coming out. So, yeah. and Oz is going to join us on our It episode. Yeah, can't wait for the It episode. Junction with our greatest show on earth episode. Lots of clown. Jimmy Stewart is a clown, and Pennywise is a clown. So, the the It <laughs> episode is one we've been talking about for a while. So the fact that it's time is, yeah, really great. Cool. We, we have Airheads. Airheads. That's coming up. So when this airs, Airheads is going to be the next week. So this will be Chris. You'll be there for that, I believe. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Grant should be back for that one. I would hope. But, um, you, you know, it's this is good stuff, man. We got great stuff. I don't have any other real plugs, but just, uh, you know, follow all our stuff we got going on. Follow some of the some of our good friends out there. 1001 by 1, Below Freezing, um, Circuitverse, Cinemus, Circuitverse. Circuitverse Os- is doing a lot of great yes. stuff up there. Adam's really... Adam, Adam Hitchcock. Adam is, yeah. He's really doing great things, and he's really trying to step, evolve what he's doing, and he has some awesome ideas. So, you know, he's someone to keep an eye on. Yeah, for sure. I got to shout out my boy Sam from um, And the Oscar Doesn't Go To. Does good stuff. He just did a Clockwork Orange episode, too. Yeah. So he did a little you know, Kubrick himself. So. You know, I think engage, we're super engaging on Twitter, all of us. And I think if you engage with us, there's a nice little podcast world that you can get into. And it's just a lot of fun talking about movies and disagreeing about movies yeah. all the time. Yeah. Follow us on all our, our social media accounts at Best Picture Cast. This is the end of our tournament season here, but. You want to be involved for the next time. Well, March Madness kicks into gear again. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Letterboxd. You can see my Saw rankings. I'm rewatching the Saw movies. Yes. Yeah, I'm, our I think 45 I'm... composite should be up on Letterboxd soon. Yes, that's right. We're going to have our composite rankings there too. Joey's all over that. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Best Picture Cast. Our email is bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com. Send us an email. If it's interesting enough, we'll read it on the air. Uh, but interact with us at Best Picture Cast at all of our social media accounts. 
guys, I got to say, man, this is as fun of a time as I've ever had. I mean, this is this was on my top 10 list of movies. This Shawshank Redemption, which I did with the two of you guys, too. Yeah. We're going to be back, the three of us doing Misery for Thanksgiving. Jesus. <laughs> it's going to be We're just covering every, every, <laughs> every psychopathic um, property we're, ever. We just, like, we just like, uh, like, like movies where people are trapped in things. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just have to escape. It's telling that can. it's always the three of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. It says it a is. lot about us. It is, guys. Thank you so much. Karen! Karen, my boy! <laughs> I'm coming! Here I come! Great party, isn't it? Like